Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. programa vivo. La fecha de hoy es agosto 27. Mi nombre es Omega Man. Muchas gracias por gastando tu tiempo con nosotros esta noche. En un momento yo quiero tener un amigo. Se llama Peter Coolen. Oh, excuse me guys. I, uh, I forgot. I thought I was in Costa Rica again. I was having a relapse. Let me uh, go right to the phones. ¿Y qué Shannon? tú? Uh, hola, hombre, ¿qué tal? ¿Todo bien? Todo bien, amigo. <laughs> oh, man. We, hey, you never know what you might get on this program. We'll, we'll talk German sometimes. Sometimes we'll go Spanish. Uh, I used to take French, Peter, but um, I forgot all the French, man. I took three years in high school, but I don't remember too much. You know, when you, uh, when you switched hey. over to Spanish, you know, just kind of, it all goes into a blur mode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good to hear you, though, Shannon. Absolutely. Uh, you are listening to a live program. Today is August 27th, and you're part of the world 
It is the morning time. What uh, What is it over there? About five a.m. Uh, five in the morning. Yes. Have you had your uh, your protein milk? I uh, got some yesterday. Okay. Look, I'm uh, I'm drinking a fresh cup of coffee. I wanted to be prepared. I think I've got uh, Maxwell freeze dried blend. You know the type that you just take hot water. You take a little bit of the freeze dried in the little packet. You throw it in there. Put a little bit of half and half. Some uh, raw turbinado sugar, and I thought I would get cranked up. We just did three hours with Johnny Ova and Rock Rodrigo in the last hour, and if you have to tune in to the end, uh, you were treated to the musical pleasures of Omega Man blowing the shofar horn. So you never know what you might get. <laughs> and listen, if you've ever blown a shofar, folks, do yourself a favor and make sure you clean it out real good before you try to blow it. Because I'll tell you, brother, I brought this back from the Holy Land back in uh, 2006, and it still smells like the day they probably killed this thing, man. I mean, rotten, brother. I mean, I don't know how you clean them. I mean, I poured peroxide into them. I, I've scrubbed it. I just can't clean it for the life of me. And when you blow this thing, all this, uh, you know, stuff comes out. So I, I had to go around with an Lysol can after I was done. So back to the scrubbing brush, as they say. <laughs> I think there's still some meat on the inside of this uh, this horn. But uh, so how yeah, you doing this you. morning, man? Pretty good. Um, took a nap actually before I came on. Had a hard day yesterday, and uh, we actually wanted to cancel this show, Shannon. But we said no. We're not going to be discouraged by anything. We do it. Amen. And uh, that ties in with, um, I think, a little bit what we're going to talk today about. Um, I think you wanted me to speak about um, the Numbers 33 um, prophecy or commandment yes. or blessing or, or curse that uh, oh. that we find in there. That's right. And You know, let's give everybody an opportunity uh, to get their swords out. Folks, we're going to have a Bible study here. How about that? Let's give you a moment. Go get your sword out, the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, and uh, we're going to open up here in just a moment. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Omega Man Radio Network. We've got Peter Kulin live from Sweden. It is 5 a.m. in the morning, folks. We're having an early morning Bible study. Sweden time, or the late night show, for those of you back here in the lower 48, as we call it. Those of you that have been to Alaska might get that. Call it the lower 48. Okay, I wanted to give people a chance, uh, Peter, to get the sword. I'm going to give it back to you, brother. Uh, can you read this uh, passage Absolutely. for us? Numbers? Absolutely. Verses 50 to the end of the chapter. I think it's six verses only. All right. And, and we're going to... Go ahead, brother. No, it's your turn. Okay. All right, if you're tuning in, now we're going to be reading from Numbers chapter 33, verses 50 to 56. Okay, I'm reading uh, King James Version. And Yahweh spake unto Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you. And destroy all their pictures, 
and destroy all their molten images, and quite pluck down all their high places. And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land, and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess it. And ye shall divide the land by lot, for an inheritance among your families. And to the more, ye shall give the more inheritance. And to the fewer, ye shall give the less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth. According to the tribes of your fathers, ye shall inherit. But if ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. And moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. Uh, Peter, before we get into this study, uh, would you go ahead and open up this program in prayer, brother? That's a good idea. Father, um, we need you right here, because uh, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm not really any uh, any good teacher, but um, I need you to open this up for us here, and um, I bless this meeting here, this online meeting, and um, you come and explain it to us with your spirit, and I'll praise you for that, for... Um, filling us in, for giving us truth, for uh, leading us into that promised land. And uh, you do it, Father, because um, we are hungry for the Word, but sometimes um, we're reading it with our own mind. But we ask you now to join us while we're reading it and uh, reading it with you together. Amen. Amen, brother. And, you know, folks, um, Peter and I were doing a program, I would say maybe a week or so ago, Peter, we did a series of three programs um, back-to-back. And um, after the show, Peter and I were just, you know, talking, and Peter said, Brother, I have a word from the Lord. And he gives me this verse, and I opened it up, and I started reading it, Numbers 33:50 to 56. And, um, you know, I've been meditating on that, Peter. Since you yeah, gave it to me kind of hits you hard, huh? Brother, it's a sobering word. Uh, there's a promise in there. And, uh, you know, there's a clear mandate. And there's also uh, an instruction of uh, what happens if you don't follow the word of God and do what he has commanded people to do in that verse. And so, you know, uh, I guess you could summarize it. It's an order to drive out the Canaanites from the land. And if you look at it in the historical context, uh, as it really happened, you know, uh, Moses was leading the children of Israel to the promised land. And, uh, you know, he gave them a great miracle, bring them out of uh, bondage from Egypt after, I believe, it was 400 years. And they actually, uh, the night that uh, they left, you know, God put it on the Egyptians' heart to load them down with gold. They carried everything they could on their back that they could. And they go on out, and they're even carrying uh, Joseph's bones. You know, uh, Joseph, who was uh, second in command of Egypt, after he was plucked out of the prison, you know, after being falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, you know the story, 
And, uh, you know, God had prepositioned him to uh, basically sustain, you know, the, the other 11 tribes of the house of Israel. And uh, during the time of, you know, famine, dearth in the land, apparently it hit the whole world. You know, and even uh, his his 11 brothers over there, they um, they were going hungry, just as everybody else was. And, you know, God put him in a place of favor. And he obeyed God and the word of the Lord, and he put back, uh, I believe it was grain or corn, for the you know during the seven years of plenty, for the seven years of famine that was to come. And uh, he was able to sustain his family. He moves them in. They go into the land of Goshen, okay, um, which is owned by Egypt. And uh, then there's a Pharaoh change, and the you know the Pharaoh that comes in didn't remember Joseph, apparently. And so, um, you know, as the Egyptians, you know, are multiplying, well, the house of Israel is multiplying even more, and they're being blessed over there, and God's blessing the fruit of their hands over in Goshen. And, you know, as I remember the story, they got uh, jealous, the Egyptians did, and they put them into slavery, started making them bake bricks. And, you know, uh, it's an awesome story about how God sends Moses over there, pulls them out of the land of Egypt, after he pours the plague, you know, plagues out on the land and hardens the heart of Pharaoh, they chase him across the Dead Sea, as you know. I mean, the uh, the Red Sea, excuse me. And uh, they get over, and God says, I want you to go in, and I'm going to give you a land. And wherever you put your, your foot on, it'll be yours. And uh, they start murmuring and complaining. They start saying, you know, we wish we were back in Egypt, where we had all the, you know, the herbs and the, the garlic and the onions, and, uh, you know, it wasn't so bad. Out here, we've got nothing. You know, we're, we're eating manna every day. And, uh, you know, we're, we're tired. And, you know, folks, they weren't really out there a long time in the beginning. I don't know how many months it was, but, uh, you know, the 40 years uh, came about as a result of, you know, they murmured and complained, and to got, God got angry. You know, God was about ready to wipe them out and just start it all over again. And, you know, Moses intervened, and, you know, they ended up going 40 years in the desert until they... Uh, you know, their carcasses died in the desert, and only the young generation uh, got to go in. I don't know if it was under the age of 20 or 21, Peter. Do you remember? Um, I think I think all that were born in the desert, they made it. And the ones that came from Egypt, I think um, nobody made it, right? It was under a certain age limit. I mean, it was very young, right? And with the exception of, I believe it was uh, Joshua and Caleb. And uh, they were allowed to go in, even Moses wasn't able to enter in. You know, um, he goes that far and then he loses it and gets angry over there. And instead of speaking to the rock, I believe he struck the rock and, you know, God said, brother, you know, I love you, but uh, you disobeyed me and you're going to be able to see it, but you won't be able to enter in. And, you know, he, he died on the mountain. And, you know, and uh, Satan disputed over his body. Well, I said all that to say this. God says to them, you know, you know, go in to the land of Canaan. Drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you. And, um, you know, that was the plan. He wanted them to go in, possess the land, I guess drive out the giants, brother, you know, and, you know, occupy it. And um, I hope I told the story correct, correctly. Uh, that was a historical context, you know. 
And um, initially, what happened? I think they, uh, you know, they sent spies into the land originally, and they came back with the reports of, you know, the giants in the lands. And, you know, they just wasted their time out there, man. If they could have only left uh, Egypt and went directly over there, obeyed God, they could have probably gotten over there in a year or so. I'm going to estimate. I think it. I think it only takes six weeks if you do the walking. Six weeks, even folks. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like what should have been six weeks turned into forty years because of the disobedience, and many of them never made it. Well, you, you know, we could go into uh, a study of that, but let's take it to the uh, modern context. Okay, here in 2010, and you know what? What is God saying here, Peter? Uh, give us the context of the night that uh, the Lord gave you this. What were you doing at the time? Um, Seek of the I don't Lord know. in um, prayer? Some, or did, yeah, he just, sometimes. did he just speak it into your spirit? What, what, what happened? No, actually, I um, asked the Lord for a word for you, and uh, what I sometimes do is I flip my Bible open and put my finger down. <laughs> And uh, it always works out to be an answer to to a question I have almost all the time. And Folks, sometimes will the, uh, inter- will the Bible talk to you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, some people say you can't do that. You can't just slip open the Bible. Well, I'm telling you, I'm doing it for ten or more years now, and uh, this is how the God how God leads me. I mean, this is not um, saving me from reading entire chapters and listening to uh, to the Lord and um, getting food. I'm not uh, I'm not an exclusive Bible flipper that I only look and flip in the Bible when I need a word, but um, sometimes I do it, and it's been a blessing to me. Uh, the Lord has answered questions when there's doubt or when I need confirmation. I do that and. Um, I ask you to uh, try it. Try it out for yourself. If you get a witness in your spirit for uh, the verse that you encounter to be an answer to your question or to help explain a situation, then it's probably of the Lord. But uh, if it doesn't make sense, then that's probably not the way um, the Spirit is speaking to you. Maybe He gives you uh, other means of understanding. Some people get dreams or visions. Some people... um, has so many ways that the Spirit of the Lord can speak to you. And um, there's no such thing as a recipe or or a book that you can read uh, that tells you, okay, this is how you have to do it. Because the relationship that we have um, with Jesus is personal. And what works for me doesn't need to work for you. But um, I can try what you're doing and see if it helps. And uh, if it does... I'll uh, take it gladly and work with it. Amen. Okay, before uh, we go, and I, I want to uh, just share share a, uh, a testimony on that. You know, folks, uh, you're talking about a supernatural book when you pick up the Bible. You know, one guy said uh, the Bible acronym for basic instruction before leaving planet Earth. You know, this is a supernatural holy book. And you know, brother, uh, I tell you, I don't think that we really. Uh, have come to understand how holy this book is here in America. And what do we do? We take our Bibles, um, we just throw it around, it collects dust. Brother, I know a guy over in India. 
He so reveres the Word of God that he'll never take his Bible and lay it on the ground. He will not disrespect the, the Word of God by throwing magazines on top of it or put it under stacks of other books. And you know, I I, I thought of, I thought about that for a moment. I said, "Whoa, interesting." You know, do we really reverence this Word? And so I, I feel guilty after he told me that. And here's a man that lives in India. He's maybe one of the two percent of the Christians over there, surrounded by Muslims and you know Hindus and. He has to even pray every time he steps foot out of his apartment because as soon as he does and he opens that door, he's looking at face-to-face with demonic spirits. And what I mean by that is people in his complex, they have these demon gods hanging on the outside of their doors. There'll be these big ones with the open face and, you know, growling with the tongue hanging out and, you know, Kali and all those demon gods over there. And then he gets on the street, you know, he's walking around demonized people. It's hardcore over there. And I got to think, you know, hey, he, he prays before he goes out. He respects the Word of God. And we don't even read the Word over here, brother. And so, you know, uh, I kind of felt ashamed when he told me the testimony of how he so respects the Word of God. And I just wanted to say, uh, listen, what Peter said happened to that day, and we're going to get back to Numbers 33 here in a moment. You know, it's happened to me before, brother. And I, I'll tell you, uh, I have got on my knees, and I've said, God, I need a word from you today. And I remember a time I was going through a tough time. And I really needed a word from the Lord, and uh, I was going through, uh, you know, basically, I'll be honest with you, I was going through a divorce at the time. It wasn't something that I wanted. And uh, I found myself um, in this situation. And I said, God, I need a word. And I don't understand why I'm going through this. And brother, as God is my witness, I opened the word of God and it fell open. And I'll never forget it. It fell open to Galatians 5.1. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. And I said, okay, well, maybe that's, that's a good word. But is it for me? And I said, God, are you trying to speak to me? I need a confirmation. I close the word of God, Peter. I open it up, and it falls open this time. The 2 Corinthians 6.14. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And uh, I was married to an unbeliever at the time. You know, I was in love. I didn't want the relationship to end. Uh, in this particular case, she did, and she filed for a divorce. And for two years, uh, you know, I pined away, and you know, to my almost to my destruction, I was willing to do anything to get you know to salvage it. And it was not God's will for me to stay in this situation. Again, I would have uh, wrote it out, but I mean, the divorce was forced on me, and uh, God comforted me with these words, and He was speaking to me. It's undeniable. Here were two completely different verses in the Bible that meant the same thing. And that's the way God can speak. And um, we're not here to talk about the subject of divorce tonight, folks. But what we're here to talk about is that the Word of God is real, and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It'll pierce down even into the marrow. And uh, it'll cut two ways, folks. You know, a lot of people say they'll use it, and uh, they'll give it to a person, and it'll come back and cut them too. And they realize, you know, God is no respecter of persons. 
we've we've got to apply it to ourselves. And so, uh, yeah, the, the God spoke to me that night, and uh, He's done that other times, Peter. And I wish I could say that every time I want an answer, I get down and repeat that, and God speaks. He doesn't always do that. We cannot command God. Okay, but uh, God will speak that way. You know, uh, it says, "My sheep." Hear my voice, and another they will not follow. You know, Jesus is saying that. So uh, we got to get in the Word of God, develop a, a relationship with Him, getting in the Word daily, put it into our memory banks, and when we need it, the Holy Spirit will quicken it to our minds. We may not even understand what we're reading. You know, uh, there's some very hard sayings in there, okay? But the point is, the Holy Spirit is a teacher, and He will reveal. And uh, j- just as uh, Peter was relating... Uh, the brother, he, I guess you were praying for me, and uh, the Lord gave you a word. Numbers thirty-three fifty. So we make full circle back here. I, I saw that rabbit running down the trail. I thought I would shoot it, Peter. <laughs> About the power of God. Listen, uh, Al Cuppet says the Bible will talk to you. It will, folks. Talk to me is talk to Peter. And uh, so here we are. If you're tuning in right now, you're listening to a late-night Bible study with Peter Cullen, all the way from Sweden and Omega. And we're talking about Numbers 33, 50, and 57, and the uh, historical context, and then we're going to bring it up to the present. Peter, uh, chime in at any time, brother. All right. Yeah, thank you um, for helping me out here. It is true, the the Bible is a living book. And, uh, you know, the reason why it's written says in John um, chapter 20, verse 31. Uh, let me read that to you. But these... Are written, and John is talking about the miracles that Jesus did and the whole Gospel of John. These are written so you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and and that by believing you may have life in His name. So that's the whole reason why this book was written, so that we may have life. And yes, it is a supernatural book. It uh, it speaks to your spirit often. Um, what you're reading, uh, you don't understand, but your spirit man doesn't have a problem. It's just that sometimes with our thinking or with our theology or uh, with with our smartness, we get in the way. (laughs) And we don't want to believe what it says. And the reason for that is because um, sometimes we're not not reading the, the Word with God. We're reading it by ourselves. We're doing it and trying to put meaning into it with our own mind. And that's just full of uh, preconceived ideas. And and uh, to bring it back to the passage, um, sometimes we still think like Egyptians. We still think like those that um, were slaves in uh, in Egypt, and all we did was uh, making bricks. But um, God wants us to cross the Jordan, and He said, uh, actually, Jordan means judgment. That's the the um, translation of the word Jordan, the river Jordan. So we pass judgment, and uh, Jesus did that for us. He took it. He took the judgment, and then um, now we're on our way to the promised land. And yes. in the text, it speaks about the land that we dwell in. Well, that's our life. That's the land that I'm dwelling in. Is what I see when I open my eyes. And um, there's two positions I can have. I'm either I'm either ruling with Christ or uh, I'm being ruled, and that is what we're going to talk about tonight. 
um, that commandment that uh, Moses passed on uh, from God and uh, tried to put in the memory of his uh, people that in the promised land we're going to discover or encounter um, some enemy and um, when you read the verse you want to say yeah let's smash some idols <laughs> and let's attack the enemy what um, most of us didn't know was oh they're inside of me right it's not the neighbor living next door and it's not my boss <laughs> that I have to um, smash but it's something inside of me that uh, tries to take position um, like the inhabitants of the promised land did that it actually um, belongs to me Christ um, died so we can be free of sin God came so we don't have to worship idols the worship belongs to him and I found um, another explanation of worship that is obedience if you um, read Romans that was for a long time my favorite two verses were Romans 12 1 and 2 and I think um, I want you to flip that open and read it and just jump in with it anytime you're you found it Okay, that we're going to go to Romans um, 12, 22? That's right. Okay. 1 and 2. Um, I'd, I'd had another mm, moment last week. I was sitting at the table, dinner, totally unrelated, and uh, not really thinking about um, anything. Just had a nice meal. And suddenly, it, it, sitting by myself, and uh, suddenly... It popped into my mind, and I remembered how it was back in church about um, maybe two or three years ago when I would still go uh, on a Sunday morning, maybe at 10, and uh, walk into the church and, and found, found my aisle, you know, and sit on a chair and uh, open the book and sing the songs and, and wear some nice clothes and... Uh, Worship God, right? Yes. And I was sitting here last week, and I was thinking, wow, that is so ridiculous. <laughs> I was actually thinking I was serving God, sitting on a chair, opening up a book and singing my three or four songs, and uh, doing that every Sunday, and, and, and the whole ceremony, I was actually thinking I was serving God. I was worshiping Him. But I didn't. I know that now. I didn't know then. Or maybe I had a slight idea that something was wrong with my life. Worship is not about uh, what you do Sunday. Worship is obedience. Worship is, if you take that command from Numbers 33 and actually put it into practice, what are your idols? What do you worship more? What, what are you more obedient to than the voice of the Spirit that's talking to you? I just... Uh, had a phone call with a friend last night and he gave me a different spelling for the word idols. You want to hear it? Oh, what did it's he show you? E <laughs> he said it's E-Y-E and then D-O-L-L-S. It's dolls for the I, you know, idols. For many of us it was, or still is, for some maybe, what we see with our eyes. That's what we like. 
we're running after the shiny stuff, the gold and the silver. We're running, we're running after the women because they're uh, shiny too and uh, appealing to the eye. We're running after um, material possessions. And the church is doing the same thing. They're building uh, huge buildings. They're, uh, I mean, basically it's, it's, it's just a different version of the same God. You think, you think the churches are serving Jesus Christ? Come on. Open the, the Sermon on the Mount. Read, the, read Matthew. The, read, just read the first six chapters and compare that. Or read, read the Book of Acts and compare that with the church, that, um, the contemporary church that we have today. You see Brother, a I'll tell you what there? they're building. I'll tell you what many of these uh, large organizations are building. They're building modern-day towers of Babel to the sky, bigger and taller, to glorify them and their organizations. Look what my ministry can do. And whereas there was one language in the world before, the common language and denominator that they're speaking is mammon, money. I just had that revelation tonight. Do you understand what I'm saying, folks? God didn't call us to build skyscrapers. Okay? We're not doing God a service by going in once a week in our Sunday best and then sing a couple hymns, throw $2 in the offering plate. <laughs> uh, you won't get out that cheap in some of these churches. They're going to take up three offerings, by the way. And uh, then well, you go back nothing. and let's go out to eat and repeat it next week. Did, do we do there's God a service, wrong. Peter? Yeah, I was saying there's nothing wrong if you go to a church service, but the important thing is what kind of life are you going back to after that? What is your Monday to Saturday life? You know, it's Amen. easy to go to church and uh, be some, get some encouragement and get some hugs from all your friends and Amen. have a nice meal and then lay on your couch lazy and feel happy. That's easy. I did that for many Sundays, many years. But what is not that easy is your Monday to Saturday life, killing the giants. Um, submit to the commandments that Jesus gave us, you know, not to sin, not to condemn, not to be angry, not to be greedy. How can you do that? You don't. Uh, you need something else. You need the true spirit walking in you and um, being more powerful than the the old man that you still um, carry around with you from Egypt. Yeah, I got those uh, two verses open. Yes, and uh, I just want to want to make one comment on what I said because I know there's a lot of. Uh Critics act there, they'll go and analyze this whole broadcast and, uh, well, you said so-and-so. You mean to tell me that uh, you're anti-church? I just want to qualify that, and I want to say, look, folks, I have no problem at all with going to church. Uh, I think you should be able to go to church every day of the week if you want, not just Sunday. And, by the way, we'll do a whole service on, you know, Sunday is not the Sabbath, and the Sabbath has nothing to do with the day you go to worship God. That's another broadcast. But, uh, you know, I speak... From experience, I was raised in the church from the age of four. Both my grandfathers were uh, ordained ministers. I had an uncle who was an ordained minister. 
uh, pioneers back in the 50s. They, we're going to have them on soon. And uh, I have no, no problem at all with people going to church. But what we're trying to say here, kind of lay the basis, is that uh, that's not where our responsibility ends. God hasn't called us just to go in and sit in church and then go back to the world. He's called us to go into the land and take territory, which is the numbers 3350 we're going to be going back to. So, again, I just want to say I'm not anti-establishment or anti-church, but uh, understand that uh, it doesn't stop there. Okay, you wanted me to go to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2? Go ahead, brother. Okay. Once again, I'm reading from the King James. Uh, Let's see, I've got Romans 12. Here we go. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of Yahweh, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto Yahweh, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I like to use his real name, Yahweh. Um, wow. Let me repeat that again. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of Yahweh, that ye present your bodies in living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto Yahweh, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of Yahweh. That's right. That is the service that uh, we are doing God. And um, that service is able to renew your mind. And sadly, the church service, or what we see today, is not able to renew your mind. I can witness. I'm a witness for that because um, I didn't have victory when I was living in church. And I didn't see much victory around me. There were a lot of sick people. We had smokers. They couldn't stop smoking. We had uh, sinners. We had all kinds of people. Just uh, not anything different. I mean, what made them different, they had maybe um, more love towards each other. But there was also families that wouldn't talk to each other and not even shake hands. But they would call themselves Christians. Now, I know that... um, we know all this. It's, that's not news for us. Um, the reason why I bring this up is that can be different. That can be changed. We can we can have a new mind. Um, I once heard a, a, a sermon, and the preacher was asking into the church, well, what is the biggest miracle of the Old Testament? And... Uh, well, let me let me ask you, uh, Shannon. What do you think is the biggest miracle of the Old Testament? The biggest miracle of the Old Testament? Yeah. Oh, the one that so sticks m- out. Mm, there were so many miracles. Uh, you could say maybe the parting of the Red Sea. Uh, yeah, that's what most pe- most people say. You could say maybe uh, mm, when Elijah, you know, uh, did the miracle with the. I believe it was a zero path the widow, you know, and she uh, had the oil crews that just kept filling back up. Oh, there, there was there were some pretty amazing miracles back there. What what was the biggest miracle though? Well, he said um, the biggest miracle is that they came 
from Egypt where they were making bricks. Just uh, picture that. They're taking mud and straw and clay and they're making bricks, you know. A work that uh, anybody can do. And then they cross the Jordan and in the desert they built a, a tabernacle which is uh, gold and, and um, all the fine uh, work that was needed. They were goldsmiths suddenly. But they didn't have a history of that. They didn't. They they just uh, came over from making bricks, and then in the desert they make this beautiful tent house of God. And he thought that was the biggest miracle because he couldn't understand how such raw and rough people suddenly um, can work with the uh, precious metals and and do all this. And of course, that's a picture for our life because it's a miracle if you can. Um, Play your idols. If you can actually carry your TV out of your living room and um, put it out on the sidewalk, for or give it away, let it uh, call a mission. Say, hey, uh, you need a TV. That is a miracle if you can do that. And you can only do that by the power of God, because it's an idol. It's an idol sitting in your living room that you allow to. Wow take over the conversation, teach your kids how to sin, and uh, blaspheme God. I mean, if somebody living in your living room that is cussing God constantly. We just sit there and worship it, don't the, we? We just sit yeah, there and, we, and want, we, sit around. <laughs> we let it speak to us. We don't open our mouth. We'll be transfixed for even hours. I mean, you, you know, have the I, power to uh, turn this button off and not turn it on for um, a whole month. That is supernatural. That is a miracle because the Egyptian guy, he needs it. He's, he, he needs his idol. He needs to see them every day, polish them, put him up on the shelf. And, and, and he needs that um, relationship with the, the lustful things that he, he worships. He doesn't worship the, the living God. Now, let's get into this text a little bit, uh, Shannon. What is the promise um, that we see here? So, if, 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 if we are obedient to this commandment that um, Moses made sure to, to pass on to his uh, people before they left, what is the promise that we can find here? Well, you know, Peter the is... Promise uh, is the, Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I asked you. Well, you know, I, I see a lot of uh, verses, and some of them will have uh, a dual, maybe a triple fulfillment. And uh, personally, when I saw it, uh, I tell you what I picked up on, was, uh, then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, throw all their pictures, throw all their molten images, and quite plug down all their high places. And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess it. I saw it from the standpoint of uh, the deliverance ministry. And I saw the uh, the inhabitants to be these you know, these people out here, the the body of Christ, and uh they have been demonized. And you go in there and you've got to drive these demons out of the landscape of the people of God, 
the inhabitants, and um, help to set them free. Because if you don't, it says, there'll be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides. Shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. I mean, uh, the land being your body, even. You know, it says, uh, Paul had a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan sent to buffet him. What was the thorn in the flesh? The messenger of Satan. Okay? A spirit. You know, just as God is spirit, these angels are spirit. These fallen angels, demons, are spirits too. A messenger of Satan, okay, is an entity. I believe he had a, a demonic spirit. And why probably God needed to keep him humble. You know, he had such a revelation. Now, this is one of the smartest guys of his time. He learned at the feet of Gamaliel. Gamaliel, even today, in 2010, he's revered in the Orthodox circles as being probably one of the greatest teachers of the law, the Torah, of all time. The Torah being the first five books of Moses. Then you've got the prophets. Uh, and if you were a student under him, I think, Brother Peter, by the age of 24, you had to have memorized the first five books of Moses, the Torah, and be able to recite it verbatim. And Paul was a student of his. So that means that he would have had to have been able to just quote you the word of God right now. I mean, how many of us can do that? I sure can't. Well, he was a learned man. Then he had his uh, miraculous... Uh, Appointment with destiny. He met Christ, Jesus Christ, on the road to Damascus. You know? And uh, it changed his life forever. And uh, he had a revelation, and he was trapped by the Holy Spirit, I, I believe, you know, on the backside of the desert over there. <laughs> it was in Syria, Saudi Arabia for about three years. And, uh, you know, he went out there and started preaching. And uh, why am I saying all that? Well, when you get me started, I might run down a rabbit trail, but I'm going to come back, okay? <laughs> uh the thorn in the flesh. So I said, whoa, wait a minute. Thorns in your sides, pricks in your eyes. To me, you know, uh, and it says, moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. You don't drive them out. So I'm thinking, to me, my, my first uh, thought was, it may mean, uh, one meaning is deliverance ministry. You know, we've been called to cast out demons. That's one of the first signs that will fall them that believe. Speak in new tongues, lay hands on the sick and recover. If you were in the previous program, we were talking about the Elisha Challenge training, you know, equipping people to go out and move in the in the authority Jesus Christ has given us, just like the spirit of Elijah, with signs and wonders and miracles, and, uh, you know, go out there and, and I'm thinking, uh, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, if these are demonic spirits, and, you know, I've got a knowledge of deliverance, and that a Christian can be demonized, and... We're called to go out there and cast out demons. That's one of the things we should be doing. Not the whole gospel. It's, it's one-third of it, the way I calculate it. Evangelism, healing, deliverance. Uh, if I don't do that, and I know to do it, then you mean to tell me that these demonic spirits are going to attack me? And moreover, God himself could bring a curse on my head? Folks, there's a lot of conditional things in the Word of God. God said, if you do this, I will bless you. If you do this, I will curse you. Okay, so there's some promises and there's some curses. And that that's kind of what had my jaw draw open, drop open. And I, I said, that night you gave that to me, Peter. 
And I'm not saying, folks, this is the only interpretation. I'm just saying I believe that to be one of them. I said, God, I need a word directly. So I go back and I prayed and I opened up the King James Bible and it fell open, brother. Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Satan goes out like the fowler catching the wild birds. There's a verse on that. We talk about putting demons in cages, okay? The cages, that's where the wild birds go. The fowler gets them. You know, Satan, and he'll hold people captive. Well, Jesus came to set the captives free. He'll literally open up the the prison door where these people are bound, captives. And he'll do that through his servants today. And so that was kind of a confirmation to me that that's what he was speaking to me directly when I when I read that passage. And, you know, it came at a time, Peter, when I was thinking about, uh, you know, is, is this what God has called me to do? You know, it's not a popular gospel. Oh, you're nothing but a demon buster. <laughs> I'm saying, well, maybe it's new because you've never heard it preached before. Why? Because you're getting an unbalanced gospel, folks, from behind most pulpits. Evangelism, yes. But that's only one-third. The way I calculate, what happened to healing? Oh, yeah, we do healing. We have, you know, uh, periodical, you know, healing revivals. Okay, well, then you're doing two-thirds. You're still not doing the the full ministry if you're not doing deliverance. And that was the first thing Jesus said that would be a sign that followed them that believed. So, to me, brother, that was saying, okay, uh, yes, uh, Jesus has come to set the captives free, deliverance is for today. And uh, to him that knows much, much is required. I'm saying God has given me a revelation of the truth of that. And what is the penalty for knowing to do good and, and you don't do it? It's a sin unto you. You know, uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. Okay? And there's a scripture we'll bring up on that with relating to Saul and Samuel in a minute. But I said, I, you know what? God's saying if we're not obedient to what he has commanded us to do, and look, not just me, bro. He's commanded you that's listening. If you're a believer, we've all been given that commandment. That's one of the things that we're to do. Then uh, we could have the, those demonic spirits turn on us and spin us off, and uh, we'll be in a self-destruct mode. And, brother, when these demons come and attack you, they don't just come with one. They come in packs. Demon gangs, as Derek Prince was fond of saying. Okay, so, you know, we don't want that to happen to us. So I said, I better be obedient. Get back to work. So it's time to book another show. <laughs> Brother, I've only uh, just begun. I, I do, do I need to refuel my coffee? Go ahead. Um, let me give you confirmation. Go for it, Brother. Said, uh, what, what is the ministry of Jesus Christ? When you read uh, in Matthew chapter 10, uh, where he appoints his um, apostles, his, his disciples, um, you can you read in Matthew ten one, and when he had called unto him the twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these, and then he he lists the names. So um, that is what he appointed them for. It's, Amen. Uh, he didn't say he didn't say when he called unto him. The twelve, uh, he gave them power to have a nice Sunday. Have an ice cream Sunday. <laughs> After church. 
And uh, most of us know that, Shannon. And even those that um, hasn't, haven't come to the full um, realization of that um, of that nature here, that, that they still know something's missing, something's wrong, yes. and that is the Spirit speaking to you. That you wonder, why do I not have victory over my idols? Or, or there's even some that don't even know that they are worshipping idols. Are you running after money? Have you yes. forsaken uh, your own life and picked up your cross? And is Jesus the only one you're following? Or are you still in uh, college going for a good career? Or are you still pressing in hard on the job trying to get a promotion? What uh, house are you building? Are you building your own house? And I'm talking um, to everybody. I got to ask me and myself that question uh, too. Every day I got to ask myself, well, what do I want to follow today? Am I going to open the book and have communion with, with Jesus Christ, with the Spirit of God? Or am I going to run outside and, and, and do something else? And I'm not saying that um, Bible reading is the only thing because uh, faith without works is dead. If you don't do anything with it, it profits you nothing. But I'm, I am saying uh, every hour in front of the TV is a wasted hour. And I'm not, I don't care what you're watching. That's an idol. And your uh, luxury car is an idol. And for some people, uh, their pastor is an idol because they worship their pastor. They don't um, go home after the service and um, study for themselves, look in the book, uh, trying to find out if that, if that message that they just got from their pastor is right and is in accordance to the, to the other scriptures. They just worship their pastor and say, well, when he, if he said it, I mean... We pay this guy, and he's got this um, education. He went to a theological cemetery, and um, that's what we pay him for. Then you're an idol worshiper, because we're not supposed to um, run after man or to trust man. Actually, there's a scripture in Jeremiah where it says that, Cursed is he that trusts a man. What is your idol? If you want to have victory, if you want to have um, the, what does it say, um, inheritance and dominion over the land that was promised to you, if you want to see that milk and honey flow, then um, there are some enemies that you have to conquer and they live inside of you. That is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, that is the um, worship of money or the love of money. There's nothing wrong with money. But uh, I want to ask you a question. If you think there's nothing wrong with money, you're right. Okay. Well, let's do an experiment here. Um, I'm going to tell you somebody's going to come tomorrow and bring you $100,000. But you got to write down today what you're going to do with that money. you got to decide that you don't have that 100000 but you have to make a decision how to spend this money tonight. What would you spend it on? Be honest. I mean, 
What are you dreaming of? What will be the first thing you write down? Do that. Take a hundred thousand on a piece of paper and divide it to the purchases or the the purposes that you're going to give that money to. Write it down. Then you know where your heart is. Because that's what you're going to spend it on. And uh, yeah, we're not condemning yeah, money, folks. I to... mean, you know, money is a tool. You can certainly do some great things with it. It does say money answers all things. Uh, it can also destroy you. There's some people that God could never trust with money because he knows that ultimately it would destroy them, and he loves them enough not to put them in that situation. Uh, there's others that uh, he said, yeah, they'll be a good steward. you know. And basically, if God can trust you in the small things, then you know he can increase. But if he can't trust you in the small things, then he's not going to give anything bigger because we might squander it. You know, That's a word for me or anybody else. So we want to be good stewards of what we have, use what he's given us. Um, but again, that's just a, it's just a tool. Uh, but there's others that uh, that's their idol. You know, you can't serve God in mammon. You know, mammon is actually a spirit, uh, from what I've been told. And um, we say, oh, well, I don't, I don't worship it. Well. What do you live? What gets you excited in the morning? What do you pursue? Where do you spend all your time? I mean, yeah, we've got to work. It says if you don't work, you don't eat. I understand that. Um, and there's some that, uh, you know, that's all that they live for. I've got to have a bigger house. I need to have a, a, you know, a bigger car. And they're never content. And that's what they, you know, they spend their whole life uh, chasing after. Peter, I've known men that have been successful by the world standards, had millions of dollars in the bank, had a Bentley and a Ferrari in the garage, and then one day they were uh, struck with cancer, and they end up dying. Hmm. And they stepped out of the body and went into eternity, and then left everything behind. Folks, you can't take it with you. And so, uh, you know, is that is that your idol? Is TV your idol? Think about it. How many hours a day do we do we spend watching the TV? One hour? Two hours? Five hours? And we can't even spend five minutes in the Word of God? I've been guilty of that, brother. Uh, what about a sports oh. game? You know, uh, do you race out of church so you can get home and watch the football? We can't even give God one one hour a week in church. Go ahead, brother. Uh, Let's explain a little bit what an idol is. I'm just uh, opening the book here in uh, 1 Corinthians 10. And it speaks about idols here. Um, You know what they did? They um, went to the the meat market and bought some meat and uh, sacrificed it. And um, if you watch the other religions, uh, they also do that. The Hindu do that. They go um, to the mar- to the market, and there are certain foods that are acceptable to their gods, and others that are not. But the common thing is they spend money or energy. That's the uh, the same thing because you got to work for the money you have. 
yes. and sacrifice it to their idols. So everything you do, any amount of energy, any amount of money, you put into a different purpose than what Jesus has called you to do, that's sacrificing to idols. If you give time to TV, that you sacrifice that time to your idol TV. If you put money, more money than necessary, into your house or your car, you sacrifice that money and the time that you spent to acquire that money to an idol, to your car, to your house. That's just another de um, explanation of what an idol is. And um, there's another verse here in 1 Corinthians 10.14. Uh, where it says, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. And um, it also says, um, in verse 11, that I like that verse, that gives you an explanation um, of why the Old Testament was written. Right? It says, Now all these things happened unto them, which is the people of the Old Testament, for for um, examples, and some um, translations... Um, in sample. Yeah. Some uh, translation say, uh, admonition. Or that, that, that's coming in the next uh, passage here. Let me read the whole, the whole verse. Now, all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. And we can see here that all the stories of the Old Testament, they're not just history. But if you open them with a spiritual eye and ask for revelation, you can actually learn and be warned by their bad examples, also by their good examples, but also by their bad examples. What you need to know in this end times that are coming and are here to make it, to survive, to be one of those who will not be beheaded and will not fall away, but be one of those on whom the good seed, the good ground on whom the seed fell. And um, I don't want to scare you to God, but I know, and uh, I think you agree with me, Shannon, that if you not forsake all for Jesus, you're not going to make it. What worked out in uh, 1990 and in 1950 will not work out in 2010. We're coming into a time, everything gets um, denser. Uh, time is speeding up. Evilness is rising. There's more and more um, noise and distraction out there. If you, don't if you don't learn how to listen to the Spirit of God, how to listen, how to hear His voice, if you don't learn that today, you won't be able to learn it um, in a time coming soon because there's going to be um, turmoil and great tribulation. It's going to be hard for you to bear any fruits in your life if, you, um, if there's nothing shooting up now. So uh, my encouragement for you would be to press in, sacrifice some idols, right? I mean... Destroy them, get rid of them. If there, if you, if you just bought a big house and and your big dream is to make every room perfect and uh, be happy, sell it. 
That's not what Jesus called you to do. Sell that house, move into a small house, less, lesser rooms, lesser bills, and um, just fix it um, so that you can live in that. We're not called to spend our time um, hundreds and hundreds of hours. I know how long it takes to um, to have a perfect house. Well, you know, Peter, uh, to do that. you know, uh, what we don't uh, want to face the reality of is a great downsizing is happening, folks. It started even two years ago, even three years ago, with the crash of the uh, the Wall Street system. And uh, like it or not, it's not going to get any better. We haven't seen the complete crash. The most horrific time in the history of man is upon us, folks. And the only way you're going to make it in this time that's coming is to prepare yourself spiritually. Obedience. To get rid of these idols. Because, look, we'll do a show on the, the destinies. I'll cover them briefly here. You know, I, I calculated that there's only a, a couple ways out of this scenario, Peter. If those of us listening right now live find ourselves in the last day that Revelation talks about, I believe that it's upon us. How do you want to go out, folks? You can be a part of the great falling away. And let me put an emphasis on great. That means a lot of people falling away. To fall away means you had to have been somewhere in the beginning, and you, you've, you've fallen away from that. The Christian church, folks, okay? It's going to fall away. The persecution is coming that we cannot even comprehend. I had a prophet of the Lord, Scott Lathrop, who was on uh, last night, gave me a personal prophecy two years ago. And I would encourage you to get in contact with him. He's a true man of God. He doesn't charge for prophecy, like some. He's not a prophet for hire. If he has a word of the Lord, he'll give it to you. And it may be good, it may be bad. And that's what I told him. I said, any word from the Lord is a good word, because I know at least uh, I'm alive. He hadn't forgotten about me. But I digress. My point is, he gave me a word. He says, God is strengthening you so you will not faint. I said, dear God, what's that mean? I meditated on it, even this week, that I will not faint. What do you mean? What would cause me to faint? Folks, people are going to faint and fall away when they see that they've been lied to by those that will preach and say, it's all going to be good. You can live the best life you want now. You can you can have all the money you want. You sow in our ministry. And you're going to live good, and then God's going to pull you out of here. You're not going to have to suffer. Folks, listen. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Is a servant greater than the master? Go back and look at the signs in Matthew 23. And the other scripture in the gospel that precedes the return of Christ when he returns again at the last trump. It says they're going to deliver you up before synagogues and rulers and many of you are going to be put to death. Folks, there's some terrible things going to happen before the Lord returns. Okay? And the point I'm trying to make is there's going to be a great number of people that fall away. There's going to be some that say, you know what? I'm not going to stand by for the New World Order to invade my country. And I was one of those folks. I was as patriotic as you could get. That's where the original Mega Man kind of was birthed. I was Mad Max. Okay, I was prepared. I was prepared to withstand the invasion. 
I said, I'm not going to stand by when we have the Red Dawn invasion. By the way, they're bringing Red Dawn back. That was a great movie with Charlie Sheen back in the 80s. Uh, and I said, I'm, I'm not going to stand by. I'll pick up my sword, my AR-15. or I actually prefer the 308. Uh, but my point is, I said, I'm not going to stand by. And God had to discipline me, brother. Peter, he sh- I said, God, if I'm doing wrong here, I want to defend my country. Let me know. That's what I'm preparing for. I've got 2,000 pounds of food, beans, bullets, and bullion, and I'm looking for a, a place to hunker down. God says, trust not in horses and trust not in chariots, and don't go down to Egypt for your help. And then he turned me on to David Ells of Unleavened Bread Ministries, who wrote an entire article about that. Go check it out, unleavenedbreadministries.com. And the Lord showed me that he was bringing this judgment on this country. And this is not World War II, folks. This is not Vietnam or the American Revolution. It's God's judgment, just like he sent judgment on ancient uh, on Jerusalem with ancient Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar that laid siege and took them off into captivity for 70 years, took them back to Babylon. My point is, is God's bringing about, and so you pick up the sword this time, it says he that liveth by the sword must also die by the sword. Folks, there's people who don't believe what we're talking about tonight. They said, no, that's not going to happen. And they're going to find themselves on the red-blue list roundup. So find themselves in a FEMA concentration camp where the barbed wire points in, not out. And over in Revelations, I was reading it today, Peter. Over in Revelations uh, chapter 2, verses 10, it says, Fear none of those things which shall come... That which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful until death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Folks, when you go into the concentration camps, and nine out of ten times, you're not going to get out of there. They're going to cut your head off in ten days' time. Go read it for yourself, Revelations 2. Okay? He that is meant for the captivity, and the captivity he shall go. If this catches you by surprise... Okay, you are not prayed up, you are not watching and praying that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. You could find yourself on the inside of one of the concentration camps they've got here in this country. This is going to be ground zero, folks. We're we're preaching to you that are still out there awake with ears to hear. Wake up, because the mainstream church is not prepared for what's coming. It's going to be the most horrific chapter in the history of mankind. And we're here at ground zero here in America. But it's going to spread around the world, believe me. And then there's going to be those that are prayed up. They're watching and praying. Okay, they're getting rid of their idols. They're obeying the Word of God. They're doing what God has called them to do. They're out there working. God gives everybody talents. We want you to touch on that in a minute, Peter. And they didn't take their town and bury it. They're actually going out there and doing something. They're obeying the commission of Jesus Christ. They're not just saying, you know, yeah, I've served God because I went to church this week for an hour. I put some money in the offering plate. God doesn't need your money. He owns all the silver and gold and the cattle on a thousand hills. Now, he will bless you if you're obedient. And he'll use people to bless others and to support different works and the widows and the orphans and so forth. You're to bless Israel, Genesis 12.3. You get a blessing for that. My point, though, is if you're watching and praying and you're getting busy, you know, God can sustain you. He will in this time. He's called us into the battle, folks, because the host of hell are being unleashed. I mean, literally, 
it's being held back, but it's going to be unleashed one morning when you wake up, and it will forever be changed. They're talking about the kill switch on the Internet. They click it, it all goes down. We were talking about that today, Peter. What happens when the Internet goes down? How would you know what's actually happening out there? If you have any discernment at all, you know that the media is controlled. And if you can't trust the news, Peter, the Internet's now gone. How would you know? So what I'm saying here, folks, we've got to be alert. Okay, because these times are upon us. The host of hell been unleashed, even tonight as we speak. They released a movie called The Last Exorcism. Okay? The host of hell are even taunting those of us who are in the deliverance ministry, mocking us, saying Jesus is not enough to cast cast us out. I hope you don't go to see that, folks, because you'll probably go home with something that you didn't go to the movie with. I mean, this is demonic. The line is being drawn in the sand. I haven't had, I haven't had my second cup of coffee, and I'm almost finished, and we'll turn it back over to you. Choose this day whom ye will serve. God is going to force us to the valley of decision. He's putting us into the second holocaust. What is going to be your exit strategy? Are you going to trust God, be obedient, be doing his work? And I believe if you will, you could be one of those that endure till the end. Now, if God has you lay down your line, because it says there's going to be many that are going to be beheaded for the gospel, well, it's a quicker way to glory. You're going to go to heaven, and you're going to have a martyr's reward. Jesus died for you and I. Eleven of the twelve disciples, or let me put say ten, died horrible deaths. Judas committed suicide. Was it John who was uh, the revelator, who was uh, exiled to the, the Isle of Patmos? He died over there. But my point is, is they died for the gospel. The prophets of old died for the gospel. Some of you want to be a prophet. Do you know what it means to be a prophet? They used to saw them in half. They put Jeremiah down into mire. They boiled some of them in oil. There's a price to pay for serving Christ. But is he not worth it? It says that anybody who will not pick up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. We're, we're to get into the battle, folks. Back to Numbers 33.50. God is calling us to go into the battle. There's something terrible that if you knew the, the reality of it right now, your heart would probably faint. It says men's hearts will fail them for the fear of what's coming. People are going to have heart attacks. People are going to jump out of windows when they lose it all. What Peter said about downsizing, a very smart thing, folks, because if you make the changes now, okay, it's not going to be a shock to your system. It's not going to be a shock to your system when you realize persecution's coming. Judgment comes first to the house of God. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? If you understand this, that we've got to button down the hatches, as my grandfather says, lock in for the long haul, and not be and not deny Christ, some of us may make it to the, the, the last trump and see him return the sky. But whatever it is, my point is, if we'll prepare and get that mindset now and, and make adjustments we can, it's not going to hit us like a, a ton of bricks on our head to the point where we just, we faint. Back to that word the Lord gave. And we fall away. God said in my particular case, I'm preparing you that you wouldn't faint. God have mercy. I probably, I probably would have fainted. 
I even question now how much persecution I can handle. And every day that I can make it, Peter, by the grace of God, I feel my strength you know, gaining. God wants to take you like a Japanese sword master, takes a sword and bends it 20,000 times, folds it. So it's so strong it can withstand the blows it strikes out. You want to be a Chinese sword? You hit one, you know, it hits one time and just breaks in two. That's what we got to get prepared. We got to get the idols out of our lives. We've got to sell out to God. He's calling for one hundred percent obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We must sell out. As Elizabeth Nebenfuhr gave her testimony the other day, there's a difference between being a there's a fine line between being a, a Christian and a Christian who's deceived and who still doesn't make it. Straight as the gate narrows away, and few be that enter therein. Now you now you add on this this whole uh, issue of the the last seven years and going through this, and you've got the new world order that you know wants to see you and I die. You know, if you're a Christian, you're a Jew or patriot. It's a second Holocaust. It's coming. It's even maybe at our door. I believe it could kick off even as early as this year, brother. And I'm not saying all this to give you a spirit of fear, because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a peace, love, and a sound mind. I believe it says. But I'm saying you've got to steal yourself. Says, uh, What's it say, brother? It says power and love and self-control. And self-control and the power is the miracle. Yeah, the power is the miracle power. We've got to prepare ourselves, Peter. We've got to be willing to let the Lord take us and mold us so that we will not faint. Because if we're not prepared, we will faint. We'll probably fall away and turn on each other. Brother, I have a terrible story to tell you. I was so beside myself, I almost couldn't come on the air tonight. I'm preparing for the show that we did at 8 p.m., and my mother instant messaged me, and you said, you remember Pastor Ron Harris? And I said, Ron Harris, oh, yeah, that's a pastor from my past. He was actually a pastor that came into King Street Church of God up in Alexandria, Virginia, and took over from my grandfather. My grandfather had been there almost eight, nine years and transferred down to Georgia. The brother just died Sunday night. You know, people die all the time, but... This brother, he was, uh, he's based out of Maryland, goes down to Florida, and he's got a, he's got a young, he's got two sons, but he had one that was, uh, I remember meeting him years ago. He was kind of uh, rebellious. He was in alcohol, maybe drugs, and you know, he just had a, he didn't get along with his father at all. And his father's down there. They get into an argument. You know, a pastor and his rebellious thirty-seven-year-old son. Next thing you know, the boy goes into the bathroom with a a glass of gasoline, throws it on his father's face, lights the match to him. He's in flames, brother. As his son watches him stumble around, he finally makes it to the door, falls out on the driveway of the lawn. And the neighbors who were coming by to get a, a ladder, they see him and they immediately call 911 and they're dousing him. And you can watch the 911 transcript. All the skin was coming off of his body. Well, they rushed him in. He dies the next day. He's alive one minute, and his son throws fire in his face and burns him alive. Folks, that's a demonized person right there. And you're going to see more and more of that stuff. 
I mean, uh, just evil was being unleashed across the land. And uh, that's going to be more and more commonplace. You're going to hear about horrible things happening. And I'm not here to give people a spirit of fear and say we're fixing to go into Mad Max and all hell's going to break loose. Yes, it is. You're going to see things that you could never even comprehend before. But God is able to help us make it through it. He wants us to be stilled like that samurai sword. He wants to get us prepared because we're going to undergo some major pressure. It's like a submarine that you're building out there at, at a port. What are you going to do, Peter? You're going to test it. Make sure it, it doesn't have any leaks because once it deploys and it starts submerging and goes down into the fathoms, it'll be a little too late then to do some of the tests that they should have done back at the, the shipyard. You're not careful. You don't have you know, the armor that it needs. And it hasn't been, uh, you know, run through some tests. Then when the pressure starts, it, what to do? It implodes like a tin can. That's what will happen to you and I out there. We'll fall away. So uh, I believe that God is um, wants us to be prepared to endure till the end. And He's also said, "Hey, it's more than just you know surviving this. I want you to get out there and do some work. I've called you into the battle. I haven't called you to be a sideline spectator." You know, I've called you to occupy till I come. That means to take enemy territory. It means to go out and drive out the inhabitants of the land. God has given you the land. Brother, I didn't mean to uh, preach for 40 minutes. You shouldn't have gotten me started. Let me throw it back to you. I need to take a break. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not taking it away from me. Basically, we're um, just chiseling on the same stone here, I guess. And um, what else is God showing you about Numbers thirty-three? Well, I want to bring up another scripture here in Hebrews and um, turn it around a little bit and um, impart some faith or some hope into anybody who's listening. Um, because when I read the Bible, I, I, I see conditions everywhere. I don't, I don't see that I have everything and that the case is settled. I see conditions where there's two options given and it's explained, okay, if you go down this road, this and that and this and that is going to happen. But if you go the other road, then this and that will happen. And um, I believe what it says. I believe, that, I believe in the promises of God. And I also believe um, that the warnings that he put in there, you mentioned um, Revelation 2, the letter to the seven churches. Um, Peter, before, I apologize, forgive me for interrupting you, brother. I didn't mean to do that. But before you continue, would you go ahead and have prayer? I believe I'm coming under demonic attack over here. Uh, The enemy does not like this word being spoken. The last time I had a lightning strike in my pole, it's happened 20 times. I'm seeing flashes. Uh, we're we're in some major storm over here. Would you mind saying wow. a prayer over these uh, telephone lines that they uh, not go down as you're speaking? Father, um, I bless this connection here, and we don't allow anybody to mess with it. Um, and we trust you to keep it up and uh, keep it running, Father. Amen. Amen. And we rebuke the spirit of Bozy, and we bind all demonic attacks that would come against this program or the listeners or... Peter, myself, we 
bind you, you foul spirits. Command you to go back to where you came from sevenfold. We rebuke any spirits of witchcraft that have been sent against the program tonight. Command you to go back to where you came from. We break any hexes, vexes, curses, and spells that have been sent against this program or the listeners tonight. In Jesus' name, we command them to go back to where they came from. We apply the blood of Jesus to these uh, communication lines and to the, the people listening tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother, uh, take it back where you were. You're talking about Revelations 2. Yeah, I remember that in any or in all of the seven letters to the to the seven churches, there is a promise at the end, and it says, "He that overcometh." Now, I, I urge you, uh, listeners, to go there and find those seven uh, promises. And, and uh, from what I remember, it's something that we still have to do that Jesus didn't do for us. He will do it in us. But um, he's given us feet and hand and uh, a mind to um, to do it with him. But we have to do it. And it's all about repentance and it's all about changing our mind. And I want to talk about that, how that is done. Um, please come with me to Hebrews 12.12. 12. And um, I'm going to read from... Let's read from the King James then, because uh, that's the one you're using. And I think, yeah, I'm reading from verse 12. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight the path for your feet, that lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Um, and that's a picture to make the way straight and not turn left and right, I think. Follow peace yeah. with all men and and holiness without which no man shall see God. Well, that's another big one here. Without holiness, no one will see God. All right? So... The Holy Spirit cannot live in a defiled temple, in a defiled body. He, he doesn't do that. If you go to the whorehouse, um, well, I guess Jesus, uh, he's not coming w uh, with you. <laughs> he's not coming with you uh, in there. And um, if, you, if you live in fornication and um, if you're worshiping idols, or well, you can do that by yourself, but the living God is not going to do it with you. He'll leave you and uh, leave you over to your idols and give you according to um, to your heart and to your heart's desires. If you desire the idols more than God, then He'll give it to you. Uh, verse 15, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and therefore many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat, morsel of meat sold his birthright. There's a lot of truth in, in those verses here. Um, it mentions profanity. Right? You, you, well, you say, oh, I'm not a fornicator. Well, are you profane? Because that's the same thing. If you love the world... You're God's enemy. And that brings us back to uh, Romans 
12, 1 and 2, what uh, Shannon read in the beginning. The service of God is to sacrifice our life and be a living sacrifice that we abstain from the lusts of the flesh. We don't do that by our power. We just let God do it for us. But I want to go um, read on into this Hebrew 12 chapter here. Um, and this is speaking into the coming times here. Um, it says, where is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. In the last days, men's, is that the one we're talking about? Uh, you can read from verse 25 and read uh, down to the end of the chapter. Oh, um, okay. Let me uh, let me get my sword. Okay, I've got it. Uh, where are we reading from? Hebrews 12. Okay, Hebrews 12. 20, okay. 25 to 29. Okay, Hebrews 12. 25 through 29? Yeah. Okay, here we go. It says, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. Is that the one? Yeah. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shall shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word... Yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve Yahweh acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Well, that sounds like there's a big shaking coming. And if you didn't build your house on the rock, um, it's probably going to fall down. That is what I can read here. The consuming fire will just burn down um, all the hay, wood, and stubble. And only the, the solid stuff is going to remain. Now, if you want to be one of those who remain till the end, and if you don't want to be put to shame because uh, you're building on sand or you're gathering the common, the profane, you're running after the worldly stuff, then you, I urge you to um, do a Bible study on this uh, subject here and find out what it is that you have to expel from your from the land that you dwell in. what See, Jesus came and he cleaned up the temple and he said, um, you shall not um, make this uh, a, a house of merchandise. It's a, it's a prayer house. So what is it in your life that you have to get rid of? And there's a great promise in that because uh, going back to Romans 12, um, the promise, and, and I want you to read that again, um, Shannon, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Okay. I think that is that is what we need most in these uh, times. Romans the 12. That is, uh, go ahead. 
Okay, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of Yahweh, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto Yahweh, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of Yahweh. Okay, so the service we do is we sacrifice our flesh. We burn up our flesh. Everything that uh, fleshly desires um, crave for, um, we give it up to the Lord. We we burn this guy, and um, that is like burning burning flesh on the altar of God. Take that picture out of the Old Testament, and God likes that smell. He likes the smell of burning flesh. Now the promise is in verse two. Uh, in verse two here of that um, of those two verses. Um, where it says that because doing this, we will be transformed. Our mind will be transformed. We don't do it, but we are. If you look closely here, it's it's something that is done to us. And we may prove. We may prove what is the will of God. God will give us discernment. If you're not burning your flesh you will not know the will of God. God will not speak to you. God will not guide you. He will not speak into your dreams. He will not give you visions. Maybe he'll give you a warning sign, but often you will sit there and you will not know what to do. Everything outside will be shaking. The economy falling down and uh, peace and security falling down. Um, The job market falling down and you'll sit at home I, I don't hope you personally, but generally speaking, many will sit home and they will not hear the voice of the Lord because they have not sacrificed their flesh. They haven't learned and they haven't transformed their minds through the renewing process by following these um, guidelines here, the Bible, by putting it into practice and they they will have choices to make, and they'll cry out to God and say, "Well, help me! Tell me what! Uh, tell me what I need to do!" And um, often, people are just giving according to their idols. God can even send you into delusion. He can send you a lie. He can make you believe it because you didn't choose Him. You're just coming to Him for an oracle or to have a, a good word or a direction because you need Him. But in your heart, you're worshiping idols. And that idol could even be Jesus. Right? Jesus could be an idol for you. If you have a twisted theology, uh, if you're not... You can have a different Jesus. Not all the guys that uh, call out Jesus, Jesus, they're not all calling to the same person. Many have made their own Jesus... Their personal Jesus, they, they've tweaked him. I said, oh, I want my Jesus like this. So I like the Jesus of that church or of that pastor. He, he gives me goodies. <laughs> but I'm, I'm giving you um, this verse here because there's a strong promise. If you um, sacrifice your own body, your flesh, God will give you discernment, and he will let you know 
how to hear his voice and how to live in communion with him. And he'll give you a big reward. And coming back to the Numbers in 33 uh, passage, uh, those enemies that um, were living in Canaan, God is going to come against them, finally. He will destroy them. Now, if they be found in you, then he's going to destroy you with them. So, um, that is why it says that he will do unto you like he sought to do after after them, or unto them. Because they live inside of you, and um, you didn't bring fruit, but you cling to those to those idols. And um, if we go to Hebrews again, where it says that um, we've not come, or or let's let me put it differently, we've come unto Mount Zion. Remember where um, in the desert uh, Mo- uh, Moses went up to the mountain, and um, it was said that any beast that touches the mountain shall die. Okay, so the Mount Zion, which is uh, the kingdom of God, a, a mountain in the Bible is rulership. It's it's a kingdom, and um, we are come to Mount Zion. We've we've been given priesthood and royalty in Christ Jesus. But um, any beast touching that mountain will die. But if you carry uh, a beast in you that beast nature, is that still um, dominating your decisions? Well, I guess um, that won't survive, touching the mountain. And uh, I'm pressing in hard to get this thing killed before it gets um, serious out here. Because, again, if, if if we don't live holy... And I'm not uh, religious. I'm, I'm, I don't want to sound religious here. I'm not saying we can um, do that by following religious laws. I'm just putting some uh, vision into you here. And if you pray and ask God and cry out to, to help you to uh, remove this out of your life, He will do it. He will do it for you. I've... Um, I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in other people's life. God will give you according to the desires of your heart. Now, if you say, I want to keep it, he lets you keep it. But if you say, God, I need this to get rid I need to get rid of this habit here. Free me from the love of money. Free me from, uh, from lust. He will do it. He will do it. That is uh, the living God that we have, that we can trust Him with all things. And of course, He knows your heart. And of course, He knows if you mean it. But even that, He will give to you. He wants this communion that um, a father has to his child. They're in communication. They're watching each other. They're talking to each other. Do you have that communion? Do you talk to Him? Do you let Him know what your troubles are? Are you... um, pleading for your brethren? Are you, what do you do um, with your free 
time that you have. I'm not saying on uh, when you're on work, but um, how do you spend the time that is um, available to you to where you can say, okay, I got two hours. How do you spend it? You can make a decision uh, right there. Who do you want to be with? Uh, lately, I feel... Um, I feel almost bad if I don't spend time with the Lord. Uh, I found this audio Bibles online where you can go um, and have the Bible read to you by uh, different speakers. And um, it's on BibleGateway.com. If you type in BibleGateway.com and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a link that says Audio Bible or something like that. You can have the Bible read to you. And uh, I'm addicted to this. I mean, this thing is... Uh, you, can, you can choose a chapter. Um, that is BibleGateway.com. Okay. And for, for the English version, they have um, the NIV, they have the American Standard, they have um, the King James Version, English Standard Version. They have different speakers. Um, it's free. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to pay. And um, I'm saying this because uh, some of us, we have to cook meals or take care of the kids or uh, yes. we have to attend to something that needs our hands or our eyes. We, we, we don't even, we, don't, we not always have time to open up the book and sit and do nothing but that. But if you um, have a computer, you have an internet connection, you have no excuse. You can just, uh, yeah, it's on BibleGateway.com. You scroll down, and there's a, a link down that says, Listen to the Bible. And then you can actually uh, choose a version. And I think they have two different speakers. Max McLean is one. Yeah, I like Max. And, uh, yes. Yeah, I like him too. He's my favorite. And then you can uh, check a, pick a book and how many, how many chapters you want and hit the play button and it will read the Bible to you. And you can do your cooking or your gardening or whatever you need to do and still be fed the Word if that, um, if that is a solution to your uh, busy world. Uh, I'm just saying um, I've seen a great transformation with uh, the Word in my life. And it's come to a point where um, I feel bad if I can't do it. I feel kind of lonely or, or I just feel bad. Even if, even if um, I'm not listening to it or if it's like, oh, I, I need this. I, I want to turn it on. So um, it, it's gotten to a point where I actually carry my laptop out. Uh, I do some construction here right now where I, I carry it out and... Um, take a long cable and, and take the speakers and, and have it read to me out there uh, laying bricks. And it's good. Try it out. Try it for yourself. I think you, you want to you, say uh, something, Shannon. <laughs> you've literally, uh, you're laying a brick uh, with one hand and you've got this, the sword in the other. The Word of God. Yeah, I'm being like, fed. Yes, 
I mean, I, 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 I hope that maybe y'all caught my meaning there. You know, that was uh, how they had to rebuild the uh, the wall around, I believe it was Jerusalem, way back when, and they had yeah. uh, one hand with a sword and one hand with a brickling masonry tool, whatever it was. Yeah. But no, I, I agree with you, brother. Uh, it's so important that we renew our mind to the Word. You know, praise God that we have uh, the Bible today. Uh, we can actually hold it in our hands, but it hasn't always been that way. Even back in the old days, uh, you know, you had to go into the synagogue and they would they would read from the scrolls. But there, you know, whether you listen to it or you read it, it's it's powerful. And uh, you know, I may have given this uh, story out before, but uh, talking about being put to shame. When I used to work part time uh, as a security guard, I worked full time with the, with the Department of Defense during the day. But I, I didn't make enough money to support the family, so I would, you know, do like a seven-day-a-week shift. And I would work these long hours, brother, on like a seven-to-seven seven on a Saturday and Sunday. And uh, I would come in, and there was this guy who I would relieve. His name was Ron Hunter. i never forget him. He was a Mormon, okay? He was also a Mason. This guy was really bound up in some, you know, occult stuff. But one thing he did, which put me to shame, is he would have uh, Alexander Scorby, you know, one of the earlier versions that, uh, of the audio Bible, and he would take the whole New Testament, which was 12 cassette tapes, one hour per cassette tape, and for the 12 hours he was there, he went through Matthew to Revelations every single weekend. And I said, <laughs> whoa. I said, that's pretty awesome. He actually got me encouraged to start putting it in my truck, and I would, you know, back in the day of the cassette player, I would, you know, play it and, I remember going through the New Testament in six weeks. You know, he was doing it in a day. And, you know, praise God, now we, we, we can, you know, do it on our computer CD, put it on an iPod. I've got one of these old uh, nanos. I don't know, it's like five years old, but it's, you know, it's still, it'll hold like two gigs, I think, on there. And I put the Bible on there and I try to play it going down the road today. I like the Max McLean, though. Anyway, I digress. Let me throw it back to you. No, um,. It's important, though, you know. You know it'll, it'll wash your you know, brain, yeah. right? Yes. That's true. That's true. Even the exposure to it, even if you not understand everything that is said, and uh, I think God will even honor just the, the motivation, just the decision that you made um, in saying, okay, um, listening to your word right now is more important for me than listening to music or watching TV. I think only that, just that decision that it took, yeah. God will give you a reward right there. And we don't always see immediate fruit um, or let's let's put it that way. It's oftentimes, we only understand looking back in our life. So I'm just sharing here from my own experience that If you have an enemy that is hard for you to battle, if you want to overcome smoking, or um, if you're having uh, if you're having fights at home with your uh, husband or with your wife, if uh, you have a rebellious child, if there is trials in your life, and I think we all have them, um, try the word, expose yourself to the living book. And if you don't have time to sit and read, well, why not buy, I think you can buy the audio Bible 
uh, CDs for $30 from uh, Max McLean. Um, what is the website, uh, Shannon, do you remember? I know you can uh, download it off of iTunes Store. Uh, you probably have to Google it, folks. Uh, Max McLean, a great voice. You've got uh, Scorby. You also even have uh, James Earl Jones, Darth Vader himself. He's got a great, rich voice. Uh, I think even Johnny Cash put one out. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, there's no excuse. Uh, everybody has their preference in uh, the narrator, but uh, it's powerful. And just putting it in you, even if you don't understand it. But, you know, I don't understand the Bible. Just that makes sense to me. You know, you hear that a lot. Hey, I got another, I got another idea. There is probably people um, that you already went uh, and bought them a Bible, but they're not reading it. You gave it to them as a present, and they're not reading it. Well, Christmas is coming up, <laughs> and um, try it. Uh, send them, um, give them this this audio Bible. It's thirty dollars, I guess. Uh, you get get uh, the entire Bible on CD, and there's even a website um, where you can download. Um, a free online Bible. Well, listen to this. Uh, Elizabeth Nebefure in the chat room says uh, the dollar store has them. No kidding. They Dang, have that's a, pretty cool. Uh, which dollar store is that? Which um, dollar store is that? Here in the States, uh, they'll typically have a thing called the dollar store. Uh, or it may have, you know, uh, its own unique name, but people pretty much know where that is. Uh, all towns have them. You can go in there, and most things you can buy for a buck and I'll give you another website. Um, now it gets really... Uh, I'm throwing out the jewels here. Uh, there's a website that gives you free audio Bibles in more than 400 languages. Really? And it's all free. I like things for free. And the website... <laughs> Just like Omega Man Radio, and the we- free subscription. <laughs> Go ahead. I had to plug you. Um, the website is faithcomethbyhearing.com. I'm going to post that in the chat room. Okay. Send that to me also. I'll uh, put it up in the uh, in the show notes. Okay, there we go. Faithcomesbyhearing.com? Yeah, and actually the Bibles is a longer... Hold on. It's a longer URL. By the way, we've got a new nickname for you, Peter. Go ahead. Sisters uh, says uh, we're going to start calling you Nehemiah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Thank you, sister. Uh, who said that? Elizabeth. Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, like your testimony from uh, was it yesterday? Day before? Two days ago. Yes. The only uh, two days ago. The archives. The only thing, uh, and maybe um, <clears throat> that's a good information for you, Shannon. The the difference in the volume was uh, very big when she was yeah. speaking, uh, and then when you were coming, you were very low. So I had to turn it up. And then she was speaking, and I was very yeah, high. I tell you what, I did that particular day is uh, I have this uh, fixed Plantronics headset, and uh, usually okay. I keep it up uh, right next to my mouth. This particular night, I decided to drop it down underneath my chin, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to you know see if I could get uh, the same quality. A little better, 
And lo and behold, yeah, it dropped the volume. So I, I'm not going to do that again. A little bit of yeah, trial just, and error. Uh, get some, just get some feedback from the chat room, maybe, and yes. ask how the, the, the audio is. Cause, uh, but it, uh, apart from that, it was a great show with uh, General Tom and Elizabeth. And I guess uh, it's a good message. It's a timely message. If you don't forsake all, you will be forsaken. I, I'm telling. It's as easy as as saying it. We can't move anything else Christian, can we? No. Folks, it's it's talking about uh, selling out. Sold out for Christ, one hundred percent. It's yeah, all nothing. If you have other horses. If you have other horses in the race. Um, That will only distract you. That will take away energy. That will take away from the time that you have to spend with the Lord. Because if you're running a business, um, chances are you, you you're tired in the evening, right? And if you're pursuing your own career, chances are you got to read a, a lot of um, books, a lot of. Um, And from a, a lot of knowledge, you've got to obtain a lot of knowledge for your job. That will take away from your time with the Lord, and that is the most needed. On the other hand, if you sacrifice that job and you say, "Well, let me downsize a little bit. Let me take. Uh, I don't want to. I don't need to be the store manager. Can I have just the the the?" The dairy section and be responsible for that, or can I just fill up the shelves? I don't. I don't need to be the the general store uh, manager here. Let me just uh, take a 20% cut in my salary, and let let me just be responsible for filling up the shelves. But I'll be home at four, and I won't have all people uh, under me and uh, begging me to solve their problems. And uh, I'll have less money, but let me downsize my house too. Let me sell my house and let me buy a smaller one, pay up, my, pay uh, pay off my debts, get out of debt. And um, how about that, Shannon? Would that be a timely message too? Brother, it is. Um, if if we will go ahead and start tightening the belt now, when it comes on all of us, it won't be as much of a shock as it is to just. Make no changes, and then boom, it just falls on your head like a ton of bricks. Nobody likes to have things forced on them. It's always better if uh, if, if we uh, will initiate the action ourselves. At least that is the case with most people. And I know it's it's tough, dude. It's sad. I mean, folks, uh, I hate to see um, this coming. I often wonder, you know, why did I have to be born in this? This time, and we could have been born any time over the last what six thousand years. Even if I was born maybe fifty years ago, I would you know I would probably be dead now. <laughs> I mean, but we were we were not here put here by chance. Uh, God has a reason for you and I, and others that are listening out there tonight. You know, many are called, few are chosen, and those that are chosen uh, are to be faithful. And um, There's a reason we're alive in this day. We're to proclaim Christ, and we're to go out there and uh, set the captives free in Jesus' name and get on the front lines, 
Pick up our sword. Put on the armor of God in Ephesians 6. Understand who our enemy is. It's Satan. You know, the same one who's taunting Christians tonight with this movie called The Last Exorcism, which is straight out of the pit of hell. As one brother said, uh, gross wickedness now. Just like the gates of hell have been opened up. Not holding back any punches anymore. And we can't just be uh, sitting on the sidelines and expect to make it. We'll be casualties if we do. You have to now actually go into offensive mode. And um, if we don't, it'll be like what was shown to Michael Boldea. He had the Lord give him a vision, and he looked over a, a big ravine down into the canyon, you know, and you saw these campfires and tents, and the uh, the soldiers were sharpening their swords and preparing for the battle. And he says, look down there, what do you see? He says, I see a bunch of people. Looks like they're preparing to go to war. And he said, yeah. You know, it's, basically now is the time. And uh, what do you call someone who would run? He said, I guess that would be AWOL, wouldn't it? They ran uh, during the, you know, the during the battle. And he said, right. And he says, you can, you know, retire, and uh, you'll lose your reward if you do. He says, why do you think I've invested in you and, and trained you? So I trained you for this time. And that's uh, that was a sobering thought. He got a spanking. And uh, that's for all of us. He's called us to be active participants in the battle. To get out there, set the captives free, help our brother that maybe have fallen down, help them recover so they can get up in the fight and they can go out there and, and in like manner help others. Pluck them out of the ditch, out of the fire, because look, eternity is at stake, folks. We're just passing through this. Uh, it's all going to burn. And uh, it's going to go through the fire. So um, what you do now is going to affect where you're going to be in eternity. With the Lord or in the lake of fire, created for the devil and his angels that fell. So, uh, you know, let's get busy and do something. Uh, you, you told hey, me something um, the other day, Peter. Uh, go ahead, brother. Chime in. Yeah, no, I, I don't want to interrupt you. I just want to um, share a testimony of somebody else. But uh, what Absolutely. was the other day? Oh, no, I wanted you to, uh, sometime before the broadcast over, uh, share this revelation of the uh, the one talent. Um, what testimony would you like? Well, I met a, uh, a brother in um, Ohio, and he gave me his testimony. I, th- I just think it's awesome. And, uh, Let's hear it. I'm going to, yeah. Uh, he was um, working as a financial advisor. He was actually telling people where to put their money. What, what do you call that? An investment uh, broker or something? Sure. What is the name for that? And um, he was doing good. I think he had like a $300,000 house. And uh, he just bought himself uh, the car of his dreams. I don't know what it was. It was this super, super car, you know, some... I don't know what, I don't remember. Very expensive car, and he just had it paid off. He just uh, put down the last money. It was his, and everything was uh, going good. He was married, had some lovely kids. And the Lord spoke to him and said, sell your car. And uh, his name is Bryce. And he said, oh, I, I just paid the last uh, payment. I mean, why would I sell my car? <laughs> it was an idol for him. But he was obedient. He sold the car. And um, the next thing, um, 
the Lord showed him was, you can't be an investment banker or broker or whatever that uh, what he was doing um, because you are teaching people how to run after money. And um, he didn't have him, his license renewed, so he had to write a letter to all his clients explaining that he heard the Lord speak to him and uh, his first uh, thoughts were, well, they're all going to think I'm crazy. They, they, they're going to ridicule me for, for writing this letter. But he did. He was obedient. The next thing the Lord told him was, uh, sell your house. So what he did is um, he put up an ad in, at Craigli on Craigslist, uh, something like, well, we've been blessed more than we needed. And if you uh, lack anything like furniture, uh, we got uh, open house next Friday, and I think on that morning there was like 80 cars or 100 cars parked in his street. And within three hours, his house was empty. And he sold the house, and he gave the money away. Can you believe it? Wow. He gave everything away. Now he's living, he's renting, and he's a minister. And God is providing for providing for him uh, miraculously. I mean, if you hear his testimonies, it's just a joy to to see the Lord working, and uh, you just see miracles in his life everywhere he goes. And uh, people call him and say, "Hey, come pray for me," you know. So how, how would you like a life like that? People calling you, uh, can you come and pray for me? People saying, wow, you got such an anointing. Uh, you have a word for me? Come. You know, you want to, can I take you out for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, this guy had enough money to buy all his lunches for the rest of his life, you know. And he gave everything away because he was obedient to his calling. And I'm sure we're going to see more in uh, Bryce's life. Uh, we're going to see healing miracles, too. He's going to lay hands on people, and they'll be healed. And this this is, this is just an everyday uh, experience for a believer. If you step out of this world, if you trust God instead of trusting your riches, He will do what He did for the disciples that He walked with. They're casting out devils. In, fa in fact... Uh, that were the signs of the believers. And if you speak to um, the Chinese Christians, the underground church, they think it's, it's normal. They don't make a big deal out of it. I heard a testimony of uh, two young sisters. I think they were like 19 years old. What they do, um, China is a big, big country. What they do, on a weekend, they take a train and they drive 10 hours this way overnight and then they uh, walk to the most remote village. This is a testimony given by uh, two Chinese sisters. Um, they walk in this village and they walk up to a very remote village and they walk up to uh, the people asking them straight away, well, what is your biggest problem here in this village? And um, the people were telling them, well, thinking a little bit, and they were saying, well, there's this guy living down the road um, when you leave the village, at the end of the, at the edge of the village, 
and he's totally crazy. He comes running after you with a big knife, and we don't dare walk. We don't dare walk past his house. Actually, we leave the road, and we uh, we don't even want to be seen because sometimes you just walk uh, down the road, and he comes r running after you. And he's been like that for um, I remember the year for many years. And those two sisters said, "Well, let's just go down there." And we're going to show you uh, the power of Jesus Christ. So they walk, they walk down the road, and the two sisters walk up from the road to the house, and they stop at a certain point, and uh, because they they said that was sort of the the spiritual border uh, of that property, and he came out of the house with his knife, and. Um, walking up to those sisters, and he didn't look friendly. <laughs> and the villagers, they said, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> this was going to end bad. But um, he didn't attack them right away. He just walked up to them with a knife in his hand, but you could see that he was angry and that he was disturbed. And they preached the gospel to that guy. They cast out the, the devils. He immediately gave his knife, and he uh, fell to the ground, and he worshipped God. And he was a different person. And because of that, the whole village saw the miracle. Uh, they believed in the power of Jesus Christ. And uh, I remember from the interview that the sisters gave, uh, I think it was an American journalist. I'm not, I, don't, I could be a European, I don't remember. Uh, the, he was amazed. He was like, wow, this is so great. And, and, and the sisters were, no, we do that every weekend. That's, that's, uh, that's normal for us in China. They don't make a big deal out of it. I believe that we're going to see this um, coming. And I don't uh, have any fear for the end times. I don't believe that um, any evil thing can come near me. I believe that because I'm in Christ, I have supernatural protection, just like it says in Psalm 91. Yes. I believe that is uh, to be fulfilled, literally, that there will be thousands dying, or millions, on a global scale. But it won't touch me, because, like it said in Psalm 91, we are... Um, under his wings, in the secret place of the Most High, and no matter what, if you're walking in Christ, um, I don't see uh, in the New Testament that any demon-possessed person uh, could jump on Jesus and whack him. I didn't. I didn't. I never saw that. They all uh, ran away. They all trembled because that is the the dynamos, the miracle power that we have. Yes. Demons have to but, flee in uh, Jesus' name. That's exactly right. And I think our best shot, folks, to make it, uh, to endure till the end, there'll be some that'll see Jesus return the sky at the last trump. He has to be about the Father's business, doing what Jesus has commanded us to do. And uh, he can protect you. You know, thousands can fall at your left hand and 10,000 at your right, but nothing shall come nigh to you. I think the verse goes, uh, you know, I'm thinking those people 
are probably the ones that are going to say, yeah, they're out there doing my work. I think I'll let them hang around. <laughs> you know, the other ones may be going to summer school in the concentration camps, Peter. And uh, they might have to, you know, have some um, a blowtorch and a, a scrub brush applied to them. Like Benjamin Brook is fond of saying. Um, you know, they're... You've got others that'll pick up the sword, and they must also die by the sword. So you don't want to go that route, folks. When God says this thing, you know you're not going to be able to fight it. They've got predator aircraft that fly at ten thousand feet altitude. They fly, they fly over the mountains up there, Montana, Idaho areas like that. Um, they just drop some nerve gas in there; it's over with. You can't fight the new world order, folks. So don't even try. God's going to just weed out rebellion. From the church. They'll Go ahead, brother. Carpet, they'll just carpet bomb your entire village. Listen, folks, what do you think they've been taking GPS coordinates with the ACORN group that was coming out, you know, working with the Census Bureau? They've got your GPS coordinates, okay? They punch that sucker in, you can have a Hellfire missile go right into your house. I'm just saying, it's futile. Okay, he that will seek to save his life will lose it, but he will lose his life for my sake will save it. You know, the bottom line is we don't want to deny Christ, and if you want to shoot towards some longevity through this time, get busy about the, the work of God. That's the only way I see to make it. And then if we have to give our life for Christ, well, so did the disciples. I believe we'll have the opportunity that Peter had and the other disciples to, to deny Christ. Three times or to go to the cross, that could be uh, your destiny too, or mine. Only God knows. But watch and pray that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. At any rate, we just need to pray. Uh, we need to tell people the truth. Tell people that, uh, like Alex Jones, Grok, a uh, good comment you made there. Tell Alex Jones that and lots of love. Amen, brother. Some of these are preparing people to pick up arms. That's not the answer. You can't trust on the arm of the flesh. Trust on the horses and chariots. Get busy about the work of God. Go ahead, brother. Take it before I start preaching. Yeah, I want to just chip something in here, uh, people. Alex Jones is a tool of the New World Order. He wants you to pick up your guns and get into that fight that will kill you. Alex, uh, Alex, Alex Jones is not about truth. It's about uh, spreading hate and setting you up for for the battle that you're going to lose. This this guy is uh, demon possessed, to say the the least. You know, we got a question in the chat room. Um, what does endure until the end mean? It means to keep the faith. Don't faint until whatever end it is that God is going to have you meet, whether it be a martyr or you. You see the return of Jesus Christ in the clouds. It's to stay faithful to your end, whatever that end is, and do not deny Christ. Do not faint and fall away, because if you fall away, it's over. In most cases, I don't see those people being restored. They say, well, I didn't sign up for this persecution. You lied to me. You told me I was flying out of here. You told me I was going to go <laughs> uh, go out with a million dollars in the bank. Go tell that to the Chinese folks over there that they're going to escape out before persecution, tribulation come. 
Now, granted, God has not pointed us to his wrath, but persecution, tribulation, sure. You know, uh, they're dying right now over in Darfur. What, 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 what do you think about going to church one Sunday, and you went in and you're singing the hymns, and then uh, you hear some commotion in the background, and someone has put a bar over the entrance and the exits. Next thing you know, you hear something crackling, and they're setting you fire, and they burnt the church down with 600 people in it. They're doing that stuff in Africa, folks. Okay? So uh, people are dying for Christ. They've been dying for a long time. Look, 20 million people, I think, uh, Christians died in Stalin's purge. You know, China, all over the world, Romania, people like Brother Dimitri Dudeman had to uh, endure electrocution on an electric chair. Well, God saved him. Others died for the gospel. They're dying today. They found themselves in the gulags like uh, Brother Scott Lathrop had an opportunity to visit. For the faith, they just disappeared. Never heard from them again. That time's coming here, folks. I'm sad to to say it. And, uh, you know, I, I wish that uh, it weren't that, 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 that being the case. Excuse me, I'm a little bit um, stuttering now, but... Uh, but so be it. We need to do what Christ has called us to do, Peter. Yeah, let me answer um, Elizabeth's question again, uh, too. Um, what does it mean to endure? Um, please read with me Revelation chapter 2, verse 26. It says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, and this is Jesus speaking here, to him will I give power over the nations. And in the next verse it says, And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And as the vessels of the potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And um, the parallel would be Psalm 2. You, you'd see the, the same rod of iron there. And I think... Um, that is talking about the millennium, but it's also talking about these end times. Now, we keep the the works of Jesus Christ. What are the works of Jesus Christ? Uh, you read um, the beginning verses of Isaiah 61. That is the works of Jesus Christ. You want to read it again? You can read. Sure, let me uh, get my sword out here. Okay, well, you want to read from Isaiah 61? Yeah, about okay. the works of Jesus Christ. And um, I just read from Revelation 2, verse 26, it says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Go ahead, brother. Okay, you want to start with uh, Isaiah 61, verse 1? Okay. Yeah. The Spirit of the Lord Yahweh is upon me, because Yahweh hath anointed me, to preach good tidings unto the meek, he hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to okay, proclaim okay, okay. liberty. Uh, we got to break this down here. What is the first thing? He hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Okay, are you preaching the good tidings? Are you handing out the word? Are you sharing the gospel? That is the works of Jesus Christ. What was the next one? Evangelizing, folks. 
he hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Okay. That is uh, like a nurse, right? Comforting the hurting or the hurt people, ministering to them, praying with them, giving them comfort. Are you doing that? Amen. And uh, or are you telling them to go to the uh, psychologist and get on uh, Prozac? That's what the uh, the world would have you to do. Go, you know, go talk to Doctor Phil. Come on. Uh, and look, folks, medication only masks the symptoms. It doesn't uh, go to the root of the matter. He hath sent me t to bind up the brokenhearted, okay, now to proclaim liberty to the captives. That's right. Are you doing that? Are you proclaiming liberty? Because that's what the, what the gospel tells you to do, to bring this message to the end of the earth and um, even to your own city, to your street, to your house, to your neighbors. That That isn't done yet. I don't see that commission done. I don't see that um, you can sit in church and uh, pretend it's done. I don't see that. The Jehovah Witnesses the... are doing a pretty good job of it, but uh, clearly they're, they're in error with their other doctrine. You know, going after the, uh, the salamander, that's a code word for those of you who are in Jehovah Witness. Go ask them about the magic salamander. Okay, uh, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Brother, um, Satan, the fowler, goes out and catches the wild bird, puts him in a cage. Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to set people free of demonic spirits. I read that as, uh, you know, he uh, came to set people free of of the enemy, which has invaded them and has got them tied up and bound up and confused and their minds spinning around, unable to hear God. Unable to do anything for Christ, caught up in uh, in certain habits that they just can't break free of addictions, into pornography and alcoholism, into fornication, sexual sins, to proclaim the acceptable year of the of Yahweh and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, and it goes on. Um, Peter? Yeah, the interesting thing, and this just came to me a couple of months ago, and again last week, because I've, I got a lot of confirmation, if you go to Luke, where um, Jesus reads from the scroll of Isaiah, you, uh, you, you read that he reads um, until it says something about the acceptable year of the God, of the Lord? Yes. And then he closes the scroll, and then he starts speaking in the synagogue. That was Jesus, right? I think you find it in Luke. And he's reading out of Isaiah 61. Now, my question was, why did he not read on? Why did he close the scroll and um, said, okay, that's the message for today? Well, he because, was the fulfillment believe, of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that is the ministry of Jesus Christ. 
And the rest of the prophecy here from Isaiah, maybe we should read that. And um, we'll find out what our ministry is. Of course, uh, we're going to do all the things that Jesus did also, but there is more unto that. And uh, this is why I believe that Jesus said, and greater things shall ye do. Do you want to read from that passage again? Okay, you want to pick up where we left off? Or you want to start from the beginning? Yeah. Okay. Uh, To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of Yahweh, that he might be glorified, and they shall build the old waste, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priest of Yahweh. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. Uh, that's up to uh, verse 6. Do you want to keep going? Yeah, just read till the end of the chapter. For your shame ye shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. For I, the Lord, love judgment. I hate robbery for burnt offering, and I will direct their work in truth. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles, and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the seed of which Yahweh hath blessed. I will greatly rejoice in Yahweh. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with with her jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, and as the garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Yeah, that sounds like a huge restoration is coming. A new reformation and a restoration uh, for the church to be again the true church like it was in Jesus' day. And um, I believe also in the transportation uh, of wealth. I believe for the ministers of God that have made up their mind to serve the Lord, there will be no lack of funds at all. Right? People, uh, I mean, there's not going to be the need for anybody to uh, do some fundraising. People will bring it. But of course, um, you got to make up your mind first, like I said, uh, what you're going to do with the money. If you want to consume it for yourself, you're not going to get it. It's not going to come. 
But if you have made up your mind and for, if you have forsaken all and said, I have no goals in life other than to serve my Lord and to, a, to be a bondman in Him and in this mission, you won't have any uh, problems doing ministry once these um, funds are being released here from heaven. And I think, I believe it's, 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 be, it's being visible in this season. You won't have to wait long, Shannon, for your uh, ministry to explode. And uh, we know that TV is expensive, but we also know that um, God is able. And I think we're going to have all the idols of the world, the gold and the diamonds, and we're just going to turn it around and buy airtime and buy um, whatever is needed to spread the gospel. We're not going to keep it for ourselves. We're just going to turn it around and buy whatever the church needs. I, I think this is a revelation for today. I've seen con confirmation of, over the past uh, week or two and actually did a, a, a study on on this subject, and I think, um, was it Mike Beavers that had the same revelation? Um, I, I would have to have him um, on to clarify what he saw. I wouldn't want to uh, speak that um, and uh, take it out of yeah, context. I, I, I don't know. I know he mentioned I something about having um, your nets out, right? No, if you go back to your very first uh, show, I, I, did, I did that last week, and you listen from on uh, minute number seven. Okay. Um, he's speaking about that. And I think he mentioned it again in a later show. He didn't speak a lot about it, but that is a prophecy that he's received from the Lord. And I've heard it from another prophet um, last week, and I got confirmation myself, so... This is the season. I know whatever God has called a person to do, if they will do it, uh, he's obligated to give them the resources to carry it out. You know, whatever God has called you to do, folks, uh, we just got to be remain faithful. He'll make a way. And I'm, I'm not against anybody making money, uh, but if you want to make money, go start a business. Uh, you know, Paul had a tent business, and he supported the ministry with it. So God doesn't have a problem if a person wants to go out there and work hard and would like to have nice things. You know, you work, you work, and um, you know if, if you work and gain it by honest means, that's fine. But uh, when people start using ministry as a business vehicle, then they need they need to um, rethink what they're doing and get out of it. Because we weren't called to use mo the the ministry to to make money to heap on ourselves. If anything's coming into ministry, it should be going right back out to do what God has called them to do, which is um, preach the gospel, feed the poor, help the widows and the orphans, bless Israel, okay? It's not like uh, an economics teacher one, told, one time told me when I was in uh, going to high school, I was living out in Plano, Texas at the time, and I'll never forget it. This economics teacher told us a story about a, a, a man she knew in the state of Texas, and one day he had a light bulb go off in his head. I can make a lot of money. I've got some charisma. I know how to talk. I'm going to go start me a church. He was no more saved than the man in the moon. 
but he he knew how to uh, build an MLM organization. He goes out, next thing you know, he's got a church. He's driving a Cadillac, you know, which was a status symbol back then. And uh, he's got a thriving church. And uh, these these pimps in the pulpit today, they look at it as their business. You know, look on me. I did this. I've got this uh, Rolex watch. I've got my Learjet. That's not taking me over there fast enough. We're upgrading. Bless God. And if you don't have it, there's something wrong with you. You know, I made it. You should make it too. Yeah, they made it off the backs of the widows, given their uh, widows' might. And they're going to give an accounting. And it just blows me away. They have to be deceived, though, if they don't understand. They're going to stand before God. (laughs) You know, Satan has blinded their eyes. But, uh, you know, Judgment Day is coming. And, you know, there's a a word I'm going to go find. I was listening to the audio Bible the other day, Peter, um, from Max McClain. It went through Proverbs. And uh, you can go through some of these very rapidly going down the road. So I got over there, and it, it speaks about you give your money to the rich. It's vanity, folks. You're not going to get a reward. You know, you're sowing in the wrong field. You're not going to get a harvest. So uh, be very careful. Be a good steward of whatever God has given you. Uh, he's certainly not going to uh, bless us with any more. And remember, God uh, keeps good books. We will give an accounting for every word we say and for every uh, dime we spend if we're in the ministry. Better better put it put it on what God is uh, meant it to be used for. Let me just uh, I'll leave it at that. And uh, you know, God had to deal with me. I said, God, I'm not, this thing's not moving fast enough. Well, you know, people say, well, your audio sucks. You know, the levels are off and. Uh, you know, it's just poor quality. It's not 100,000 watts like some other shows. And I said, well, praise God, it's a start. And if this is all that I'm able to do, then I'm going to be faithful in what God has given me. He said, use what I've given you. So praise God. If he wants the program to go any bigger, he'll have to open the door. We've got to be careful and sidestep the, the pitfalls of pride and vanity. And remember that if Jesus Christ doesn't show up, nothing's going to happen. There'll be no miracles. There'll be no demons set free. It's Jesus Christ who does it. So, uh, you know, God may may not want person to, to go international. People say, well, he told me to build a city. Did he really? Or is that your vain imagination? Remember one worldly talking about that? He said these ministers go out there and get in debt, Peter. And then they go out there and have the telethons, and they'll run the Mike Murdoch special for 24 hours a day, <laughs> raising money. And he's over there, you know, preaching about the zebras that he's bought and, you know, his his monkeys and all this and that. And, you know, look on me and God have mercy, you know. He says, I want to get to the level I, I can sow a million dollar seeds and get back $10 million. Come on, people. That's not what Jesus preached about. So, I mean, it's, it's an abomination and it's caused people to chase after the idol of mammon. And they're getting set up for a, a real disappointment. When they realize that that's not what the gospel of Jesus came to bring. He came to bring suffering for Christ, picking up the, the cross, following him. And uh, let me throw it back to you, brother. Yeah, I want to um, throw it back to the book. And uh, let's let's uh, look in the, in the Holy Scriptures and see what the Scriptures say about those people. 
Um, Hebrew 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he didn't change, right? And um, the commandments, yeah, the commandments that he gave us, uh, they never changed. So we still have them, right? Um, if you read Amos 3.3, 3, it says, uh, that's actually a question, it says, Shall two walk together except they have agreed? Meaning, if Jesus doesn't agree with what he said, if he doesn't agree with what you're doing, he's not even walking with you. You, you can't even claim you're walking with Jesus if he doesn't agree with what you are doing. So you can do all that. You can run a church like uh, Joyce Meyer or John Olsen or let's call out the the big shots here. But they don't, they're not walking with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a problem pointing fingers. <laughs> but, um, I mean, where does the Bible teach uh, prosperity? I didn't see it. Doesn't it say um, we should be content? And where does it Amen. say we, sh- we, should, we should go after the riches? Doesn't it say we shall seek the kingdom first? And um, where does it say that uh, we can be in business and uh, we can be a pastor? Doesn't it say you can't serve two masters? Of course, you cannot serve uh, God and mammon. That's what it says. Yeah. Now you got a, a preacher uh, like Benny Hinn begging for two millions because uh, he's overexpended. And um, if you talk to uh, some insiders, there is a lot of big ministries uh, getting into financial trouble trouble right now, not being able to pay their bills. And uh, I don't have to take care of them, they'll just go down. They'll just fall. But I think what we need to do is, in order to um, restore the church, we are called to give meat again to the church. To um, That's my calling, at least. To search the treasures that are hidden in the revelations of the of the good book and to bring them to the church so that they really get some food here i think that's all we need to do we don't even have to preach against the prosperity uh gospel all we need to do is um give the good news give the good gospel and put out some real meat on the plate and people will start uh coming and running for it i don't think we need to um waste any time on all the false prophets. I mean, they don't, in my uh, world, they don't even exist. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've been, called a, I've been called a headhunter. And folks, uh, if you listen to the, um, the 50 programs that we've done, I, that's not the, uh, the topic of most of our shows. Listen, I'm interested in one thing. I'm interested in going after the host of hell. I'm interested in, in having fruit, I'm interested in doing what Jesus Christ called me to do, which is casting out demons, 
speaking in new tongues, and laying hands on the sick that they shall recover. Somebody's got to do it, folks. And praise God for the deliverance ministries. Pastor Michael Thier of Hegewish, John Gogan, the legacy of Wynn Worley. I praise God for these people, Dr. Pat Holliday and others, which are out there on the front lines. We've been called to do this. But when you come across a snake, what are you supposed to do? You know, let it uh, slither and have its own way and attack the flock? No, you cut its head off. If you were a shepherd, you had a, uh, a staff, like Moses did, you'd come across these snakes in the desert, you'd smite the, the snake. Suffer not a witch to live. And uh, I've lost friends this week, Peter. I've had friends that have used the verse, uh, we, can't, we can't walk together. I don't agree with you that a Christian can have a demon. Or you're sitting here and you've, uh, you've ruffled my feathers talking about my idol, Kenneth Copeland. Brother, we had a guy who was in uh, his facility for three weeks when the, he brought in the, uh, the $20 million jet that he flew in. And he, he was actually building part of the, the set there at the hangar that they did. Walked into his office and saw Masonic paraphernalia. I told her, brother, I said, he's in the masonry. The Bible talks about uh, being involved in these occultic organizations. If you go up to the 33rd degree level, you find Baphomet, okay, Lucifer. I've known some very high-level Masons when I worked for the Department of Defense. I knew a, 30, a 32 degree. They say like the 33rd of the generals. Uh, where am I going with all this? Um, it's not a popular message, folks. People don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear that a Christian can be demonized. They don't believe in miracles are for today. And if you uh, kill any of their sacred cows, you know they want to put you on the stake themselves and barbecue you. But what am I to do? Again, I, I don't sit here and I just you know go head hunting as I've been called. But uh, I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to preach the truth. I know from wherever I speak. My father was in the business for thirty years. And before he died in 2007, most of these big names in, on the circuits were his clients. I know what happened behind the scenes. I know the guys who are smoking crack pipes. We know about the adulterous affairs. Brother, I was eight years old. I'll never forget it. I remember uh, going to a major telephone. I'm not going to mention the brother's name. And there were big bags of... Uh, uh, money that were donated. Actually, I think in this particular case it was, was called the uh, the Morgan Silver Dollars, the Peace Silver Dollars. And this all the guy had. He had some rare coins. And he donated them to the ministry. He saw the telethon. They were raising money, as they would do periodically. And uh, some of these bags were taken. And, you know, there you, there's tales of these televangelists. They'd get on that Learjet, and they would just, you know, they would, two ministers, they would brag, you know, how much money did you get? Oh, I got... I got ten grand for speaking. Oh, well, I got twenty-five grand. I mean, you know, it was about the money. Go watch Marjo Gordner. That's a classic. Where am I going with all this? I, I'm sorry, folks. I've got to tell the truth. Numbers thirty-three fifty to fifty-seven. It says, "Go and drive out the inhabitants from the land." I've been called to go smite demons. So have you. We've been called to heal the sick. We've been called to preach the gospel. Go hand out tracts. 
Warn the pe- warn the people what's coming. If we don't, the blood will be on our hands. You shouldn't have got me started, Peter. Let me throw it back to you, brother. <laughs> I haven't even had my second yeah, cup of uh, coffee. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. Again, I want to let the Lord speak here. Uh, read with me Second John one nine. Can you okay. read that for me? Yes, sir. I'm getting my sword out right now. So, uh, shouts out to uh, the people who've been listening tonight. Uh, I praise God for the deliverance ministers and ministries. Uh, it's not a popular message. They don't receive millions. Some of them have three people in attendance on a Sunday. But uh, thank God uh, that they haven't thrown in the towel and they haven't went AWOL off the field. Praise God, or we would all be in trouble. Okay, I've got my uh, sword out. Now we're going into the book of John. Is that where we're going? Um, second John. Okay. Second letter. I've only got one chapter. Uh, read verse 9 for me, please. Okay, stand by here. Let me... Uh, find Second John. Oh, Peter, this is sad. Okay, here we go. <laughs> That's a small book, isn't it? Okay, I am in Second John, and give me the verse, please. Uh, verse nine. Okay, we're talking about abiding in the doctrine of Christ. Uh, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. All right, so if you are not abiding, which is to be following and continue to follow and living and actually doing it, the teachings, the commandments, the doctrine of Christ, you have no God. You have no God. Okay? So if you're breaking the commandments, you have no God. That's a that's a strong word, a hard word. And um some people say, well, uh what would they say? I learned a lot from Joe Osteen. <laughs> or uh I got healed in a Benny Hinn meeting, you know? Well, I'm just I'm not believing in in um that God cannot work anywhere. Brother, even when and, man drops the ball, God will show up because, listen, there are there are people who have been healed. Um, God won't let down the, the true believer, okay? I mean, miracles still go forth. Um, but still, the, the, some of these guys, they start out great, and then they, they just, you know, fall into the temptation of money and right. power, and it's unfortunate. And once in a while, you'll see believe, one of them turn back around and repent. So, you know, we, we hope for that. Uh, Go ahead, brother. I do believe that in the end times, uh, God is going to use um, Benny Hinn and Copeland and even Todd Bentley in a mighty way. Because some preachers have to uh, work in the in this great task of the great falling away. So they will be used, oh. those ministers will be used to take you into their lives 
and fall away. That is their appointed task. They have chosen that road. If you follow them, you will go with them where they go. And I don't think they're going to go and see Jesus. You know, brother, the word says some have been chosen of vessels of honor and some as dishonor. You know, look at uh, Pharaoh, even God hardened his heart. It's all part of God's plan. Uh, Heaven forbid that he chose me to harden my heart. I certainly wouldn't want to have been Pharaoh. But uh, are we to tell God what he's to do? Were we there when he created the universe? uh, He got involved with, uh, you know, that argument with Job? So, yeah, I believe that many of these are vessels of dishonor. And, uh, folks, you got to be careful. Don't look to man. Go to the Word of God. Test everything in the Scripture. Discern spirits. Look at their fruits. And I'll tell you, just a, a real easy, simple rule of thumb is don't support any ministry who does not have open books. Peter, my grandfather uh, set the example his whole career. He would go into churches that had been devastated by pastors who would go in and just wreck them and, and just put them into debt. And my grandfather would, you know, spend time and have to dig them out of the hole. And they, then they'd get back in the, the green again, or the red, I guess. Out of the red, back in the black. I, would, I forget the color coding of accounting. <laughs> but my point is, is uh, they would always put the church financials up on the bulletin board for anybody who wanted to come by and look. And then if you had a question that wasn't covered there, the door was already open to the accountant. I have a real problem with the ministries that uh, close their books. Okay, uh, what are they trying to hide? Come on. a uh, The $20,000 uh, marble toilet that they bought for the Learjet? The fact that they spent $10,000 in the finest uh, hotel money could buy? Don't get me started, Peter. <laughs> if uh, God wanted them to fly higher and faster than a coach ticket will buy them, he could translate them like Philip the Evangelist. Don't tell me that they need uh, his and her $20 million jet to do the work of God. Let me throw it back to you, brother. That's a waste of God's money. Yeah. We're going to give an accounting. That's right. And um, let's see how we overcome this. Right? I want to bring you back to Revelation um, chapter 2. You've been reading out it uh, tonight. And the promises that we um, can read in the letters, in the seven letters to the churches, it always starts with, um, He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. So it's not what your pastor says, it's what the Spirit says. Okay? Um, and the Spirit is also the same same guy who um, inspired the writings of the the Holy Scriptures. He was um, present when the book was written. Uh, can you read verse 17 in Revelation 2? Okay, as I uh, stumped through my sword, I want to say uh, shouts out to everyone listening uh, for the late night with Omega Man and Peter Coolen. You could have been out today watching Piranha 3D. Or Avatar 3D with nine minutes of extra footage. And you get something extra when you go, not just the popcorn and the Coke. You come home with a Kundalini demon. But you chose to spend it with us, so praise God for it. 
Um, okay, I'm in Revelation. Give me the chapter and verse again, please. Uh, 2.17. Okay, Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. Okay, here we go. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Okay, what is the hidden manna? Um, that could be many things, but it's not what you hear from the pulpits. The hidden manna is what you receive from the Spirit of God when you read the the book. And you won't hear it uh, being preached out there. And um, when it says that Jesus will come as a thief in the night, it also means um, he's going to come privately to you where nobody sees it. So if you can make room for this um, meeting to happen, if you uh, are called and if you obey that call and draw close to him and open the book and do it in a praying manner and, 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 and pray to the Father, say, please uh, read this book with me now. And let me forget everything uh, my pastor said, or let me forget uh, what the churches teach. Let me just believe what it says. You're going to have revelation. And I call it the hidden manna, that is uh, the bread from heaven that is hidden. It's in the book, but it's not in plain sight. I mean, it's it's not. it doesn't jump at you. You've got to search for it. You've got to spend time with it. And um, then you can see it. And the more you can see it, uh, the more you will find. Suddenly it will fall off your eyes like scales and uh, you'll remember, oh, that's what it says in uh, Isaiah 44. Let me go there. And then you go there and, and there's some more hidden manna in there. And this is what um, Jesus said when... He said that the Spirit will guide us into all truth. And, he, and And he, yeah. The Holy Spirit will quicken it to your mind when you need it. Don't worry about understanding it all. Just put it in your memory bank and the Holy Spirit will quicken it when you need it. Go for it, brother. That's right. Um, you don't need to follow your pastor. You don't need to read any other book than the Bible. I'm telling you, I'm not reading any other book Amen. than the Bible. I think I did one book um, two, two weeks ago, maybe, to prepare for uh, a show that we did. And um, I think I read Tom Horn, uh, Nephilim Stargates, the 2012, and The Return of the Watchers. And I also read Apollyon Rising, 2012 also by Tom Horn, and uh, I did this to prepare for the show, but honestly, um, it's wasted time. I think, not, uh, uh, I think you're going to have some I'm good books, but better make sure that uh, you read the Bible first, and it has preeminence, um, because it'll stand when the, wor when the world's on fire. 
It will stand. That's right. So I don't. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but um, go go for it, brother. I'm sorry. Yeah, I say I don't want to discredit Tom Horn. I'm just saying I'm not reading any other books, and every time I do read another book, um, I regret. I say, well, okay, I finished it, but uh, do I know anything more now? Not really. And I guess um, it's the same with TV or with the movies. And um, the real reason behind um, abstaining from TV and books for me is I know that the Bible will never lie to me. And I don't like to be lied to. And the entertainment industry has gotten so professional with lying. They lie to you without you even seeing it or hearing it or knowing it. They'll um, plant it in your unconscious uh, part of the brain. They'll find ways to impart um, messages and whole belief systems into you. And I had some friends, uh, they said, well, we just go to the movies once and we know it's just movies and we're Christian and uh, we know it can't touch us. We're just going there for entertainment and we don't go in any dirty films. And I, I said, well, you believe that um, those movies don't touch you? I say they do touch you. And interestingly... And, and, and I don't want to judge anybody, but if I remember correctly, those friends that had this movie club, they're all, when I look at them now, they're all lukewarm Christians. Is that, now, yeah. is that a coincidence? No, brother, they get, uh, they get tainted. What's to say in love with the world is enmity with God? Uh, you get tainted. Again, I and I speak from experience, folks. I've seen thousands of movies, and I re can regretfully say that uh, you can actually walk out with a demon. They come in through the eye gate when you drop your hedge of protection through suspension of disbelief in the movie. And uh, at at worst case, you know, <laughs> you go in there and you've wasted a little bit of money. Uh, wait a minute. Let me rephrase what I said. That it makes. <laughs> I do need my second cup of coffee now. Uh, my my point is is uh, you can definitely walk out of there with something you did not walk in with, and that's a demonic spirit. And uh, there's psychological programming going on, TV shows, psyops, um, on and on. We could do a whole program on that, Peter. It's just very dangerous. On mind folks. control, yeah. Mind control. This is a real deal. There are actual branches of the military. They're called uh, psyops, psychological warfare. Um, there are whole agencies involved in this. And they're using it as a programming tool. You've got to be very careful. Uh, and I, I certainly uh, don't want to uh, go in and come out with something I didn't enter in with, which is Demonic Spirit, which I believe I did come out with one, brother, watching the Expendables movie, I, I hate to say. Um, you've got to be very careful, folks. We've got to use some discernment. And uh, we've got about three minutes remaining. Peter, go ahead and give out your contact information, if you would. And uh, also, we've got an announcement to make. Uh, 
Peter is cooling, is launching a show called ISAV Radio. Peter, is that right? That's right. Praise God for you, brother. When does the program debut? Tomorrow, am I correct? Um, I think the first show is on Sunday. Uh, excuse me, um, Sunday? 6 p.m. 6 p.m., yeah. yes. You yes. should know because you're on. <laughs> Amen. Folks, I want you to tune into that. Yeah. Tell your friends about it. We're going to be publicizing it. Uh, Peter is a, a man of God, and the uh, Lord has really gifted him. He's articulate. He's given him some really uh, powerful insight. And praise God for your ministry, brother. And for others out there that uh, are Randall the Mando, Repent Ready, or Rick Hoyt. Grok, I understand you even want to do a program. Praise God for you, brother. Um, more and more, God is just activating people to this end-time army. If you've got a word, preach it, my friends, brothers and sisters. Like Elizabeth Nebin Fuhrer and Salt Ministries do every weekend down there in Seattle. You know, these are people that are doing something for God. They're actually obeying the Great Commission. It's not sitting on the sidelines. So I, I'm praising God for everybody that he's activating, and thank you for Blog Talk Radio. And um, So, yeah, Peter, you're going to launch uh, Sunday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's right. Uh, give out your Blog Talk website. I posted it in the chat room. It's um, www.blogtalkradio.com slash iSelfRadio. And okay. um, I think the goal is to... Uh, not only share revelation, but also testimonies. Awesome. So I'm going to be bringing on some uh, people with some great testimonies, uh, former Satanists, former wow. uh, witches, or, uh, I mean, or miraculous testimonies of healing, or, or like just, if, and I'm saying this because uh, we all know a person or two or three persons so if you know of anybody with a great testimony, yes, uh, send them along. Send them to uh, just leave a comment on my blog talk uh, site. Or, okay. Also, uh, give out your Facebook. Uh, Facebook is Peter um, Peter James Kuhlen, K U E H L E N. Okay. Or you can write me an email to manchildminister at life dot com. We've got about and uh, I love testimonies. Fifty seconds remaining. Um, we're going to put those up in the show notes. Uh, as Peter mentioned, if you've got any uh, people you can refer that got great testimonies, send them his way. I praise God for you, Peter, tonight. Uh, and the Lord keep you, brother. Look to see you in person soon. Peter's coming back to the states, folks. I want everybody to pray for him. That God will open the doors. There'll be no. Uh, problems on the way. He's got a ministry to do down here at Ground Zero. Isn't that right, brother? That's right. God's called me to where the fire hits first, and that's uh, the U.S., as far as I know. Unfortunately, it's, it's so, brother, I believe. Uh, thank you, folks, for tuning in tonight. You've been listening to Mega Man Radio with Peter Coolen. We'll be on tomorrow night at 8 p.m. with Pat Holiday. God bless you all. Thank you, Peter. God bless. <laughs>